Blue day. Steve Gilpin fronting uh, band called My Sex, which was my first ever proper rock concert. Uh, I think I've told you before that my first ever concert was uh, Aka Bilk on the clarinet that Dad kindly <laughs> took me along to at the Opera House. And then about two years later, I went to My Sex and it was fantastic. And uh, just a uh, sad loss of life, actually, at a, as a, at a young age with Steve Gilpin from My Sex. Anyway, welcome in. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend if you were able to have one, team. Um, Waitangi weekend uh, finally there was a bit of blue sky around the northern part of New Zealand um, went out to New Zealand Grand Prix on Sunday, absolutely loved the day, it was absolutely brilliant and Billy Fraser who we've had on the show a couple of times was competing in the New Zealand Grand Prix so we got to go into his garage and pits and hang out with his sponsors and his parents and his friends and I'll, I'll tell you more about the day, it was just Absolutely brilliant. Coming up today, um, I'll skip the first hour because I'll come back to that because that's midday madness, you know the rules. Um, between 1 and 1.30, we're going to talk to Rebecca Sowden. She's been on our show a couple of times before. She's the world leading expert, really, on sponsorship of women's sports. And, of course, we've got this situation at the moment where the Saudi Tourism Fund are going to be the main sponsors of the FIFA Women's World Cup. There's been a bit of news about it, and it doesn't sit comfortably with both Australian football and New Zealand football as well. So um, just about the wider ramifications and what she thinks might happen and what this message is like for an expert like her. So Rebecca Sowden between 1 and one thirty. Um, we've got our... Bracket, what? Well, sorry, our draft day today. Uh, so myself, Manaya, and Finn, um, the dulcet tones of Finn. What did we used to call him? Basimo, because he's got a bassy voice. So it's uh, Basimo, Finn Basimo. We're going to have our top five um, sporting events that we can go to, like bucket list sporting events. So we'll have five each. We end up with fifteen. That'll be interesting to see who takes what. Is there? Um, First draft pick all the way down to fifth. Going to catch up with uh, a semi-regular host on SCNZ, Stephen McIver, on the Grand Prix weekend. So many classes of um, of of racing and of cars that were there, and he was like he was a trooper. I I tip my hat to him. He would have got to the track probably. I think the first race each day was eight o'clock in the morning. So working on television, he would have been there probably half past six-ish in the morning, and he just went twelve hours straight and up and down the grid knowing all the drivers, learning all the drivers' names, all the different classes. But it was wonderful we're out at Hampton Downs. So we'll get a review of the weekend from Stephen McIver. After 2.30, we're going to catch up with Dylan Boucher. Um, of course, uh, former breaker himself, GM of the Breakers, now head of New Zealand Basketball. But we'll talk to him a bit about the Breakers and also about his meeting with Dirk Nowitzki. And um, we're also going to play somewhere in the show. Uh, producer Manaya went and met Dirk Nowitzki at Foot Locker on Saturday morning. And... Uh, was very lucky to get three or four minutes with him, so we'll play that out as well. We've got the vault today. We are up to $150. You get five questions today. There were seven on Friday. So do yourself a favour. Go back and listen to those because they made a bit of ground on unlocking the Sporting Moments vault. Uh, Ken Mamalo, who is... Are they in the country yet? They, uh, not yet, no. Not yet, no. So he'll be in Australia. 
Um, they're doing school visits today, but of course he's part of the New Zealand Māori Indi- Indigenous All-Stars game, hopefully going on this weekend. And we will also cross the ditch to SEN host Jimmy Smith as we do on Saturdays. And we'll have what's making news. We'll have a look back in the day. So pack, pack, show. But Midday Madness, the topic today, golden ticket. I want to know from you people this year, 2023, there's a lot of world championships, there's a lot of titles to be won, a lot of New Zealanders, um, a lot of New Zealanders competing at various world championships, domestic competitions. Which New Zealand team or player do you want to win it all this year? To win the pinnacle of their event. Now, popular one will be the All Blacks to win the World Cup. I potentially think an even more popular one would be for the Warriors to win the NRL. What is the golden ticket this year for you, your team, or your individual player? Tell me your golden ticket, their achievement this year. That's Midday Madness. Tell us your passion projects. Tell us the ones, even if they seem nigh on impossible, insert brackets, Warriors winning the NRL, but it's the golden ticket. You've been to Willy Wonka's factory, you got the golden ticket, and you can wish a New Zealand team or athlete to be the pinnacle of their event in 2023. What is it? That's Midday Madness. Give us a call 0800 150 811. Listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Righto, let's get to these calls. 0800 150 A11. Golden tickets. Which New Zealand team or player would you like to go all the way to the top in their chosen event this year? Mikey Christchurch. G'day, buddy. Oh, g'day, Steffi. Um, I'll stay away from rugby, however, just to say that I wish Richie Moanga in his last year the very best of everything. Yeah, nice. Um, but, for, yeah, but for me, um, Ryan Fox. Uh, I want to see a major. And nice. he seems like he's getting close to something special this year mm. he's seen he's built he's built and built and uh i mean you know god if he could win augusta that would be <laughs> that would be outstanding but any of the majors um that would be my golden ticket ryan fox it's interesting i've made my own list of one two three four five and fox masters is my number two there you go so we're in the same yeah. wavelength, and I was thinking, please no one from Canterbury ring up and say, mine would be the Crusaders to win Super Rugby, because you've done it so often, you don't need it. <laughs> oh, I, I don't need to say it, do I? No, you don't. Yeah. Goodbye, Mikey. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Cheers. See you, buddy. Mikey out of Christchurch. We've got Auckland uh, Life member, Zade. G'day, Zade. Good afternoon. Hey, buddy. I, uh, I had a question for quickly into my list. Yep. Um... Do you think there'll be any chance I could be able to preview the uh, UFC this week? Who's on the card this week? Uh, Volkanovski. Oh, he's going to get beaten, eh? Pardon? He's going to get beaten, eh? Why? Because that guy he's fighting is a machine. Where's the faith, mate? He's never, he's never lost a fight in the UFC. Volkanovski? No, he hasn't lost. Well, someone's always got to go, you know, Zade. <laughs> I'll have a look at our rundowns for this week. We'll see what we can figure out. Uh, yeah, all good. But um, you know what the number one is? Ken knows it. It's the Blues. We got so close last year. Um, but the thing that's worrying me is these rest weeks. There's so many blue, all blacks in the Blues. That's the thing that's worrying me about how they're going to be this year. That's yeah. Um, frustrating. Uh, and it's frustrating as well because even the rest weeks, right, you're professional athletes. What's that going to change? I, I bet that. 
I think maybe if you recently said might win the World Cup, uh, might have been a better time to win the World Cup. I'm with you, mate. This rest and rotation, that's really worked wonders for our World Cups in recent years, hasn't it? God, save me. <laughs> and um, uh, there's another one. I mean, the All Blacks would be good, but there's uh, there's one higher on my list than the All Blacks, and that's the Black Caps. I think it's going to be their last chance for a while if they don't win this one-day World Cup. You know, they've been so close last year, buddy. Old, um, I mean, last time, old ICC came up with some red rule. I know we don't like talking about it, but it's a rule that's never we're never going to forget. The both boundary count, and even then, old Ben Stokes with some weird trickery, and Winter Super Bowl was still tied. I guess wish they would have shared it. I know we wouldn't have still won, but it would have been better sharing the World Cup. And the last one is definitely Izzy getting his belt back. Um, he's got that stumbling block of Pereira, so hopefully he can get that back at UFC 287. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah. Nice work. Nice, nice little list there, Zaid. Good man. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. We'll talk to you probably tomorrow. Uh, 0800 150 Give us a yell with your golden tickets. Uh, the great man, Graham, from Wainui today. Masterton. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Graham from Wairarapa. I can actually say it this time. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And I can't believe they didn't bloody mention the blues at all. No, that was his first one. That was his first hey? one. Yeah, that was his first pick. It was Blues Super Rugby. Yeah, my, 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 honestly, my line keeps cutting out. It's like, keep losing. So, yeah, I did miss that then. But um, no, I was thinking what they are here in Marathon, mate. And um, first call us Thunder straight away. Foxy, come yeah. on, mate. Win a major. He's knocking loudly on the door. He's almost bloody knocking it down. Yeah, he's in good nick, eh? Like he's still like oh, those yeah. those miscuts and those shocking rounds are disappearing a bit now. They're less far less often. He's a much more consistent golfer now. Yeah, that's it. that's the key to him. I think he's found his consistency because he'd have a blind eye stuff and then just tail off, tail off. But I think he's got some uh, longevity now, and uh, yeah, he's learnt to uh, to stick around a bit longer. So, Foxy. Yeah, mine's Foxy for the Masters, but I think you can count on one hand the number of golfers that have gone to Augusta and won it at their first time. It's a, it's of course you've got to play a few times, so I'd probably back him for maybe a British or a PGA Championship before a Masters, but I'll take anything. And, and as a backup, that was the icing on the cake. The candle would be Sanelsi Sinnott, um, the skier. I want to paint her crown. She is amazing. Isn't she just... Yeah. Oh, God, is she what? Yeah. You know, and she goes, oh, I'm working on something new. I was just like, oh, my God. And she goes, that pulls it off. <laughs> far She's amazing. Yeah, She's she amazing. is. She really is. Oh, yeah, that'd be my Cornella, Cornella for the week. Perfect, buddy. Thank you, mate. Hey, mate. See ya. See you, boy. Uh, Graham, out of Masterton. Um, some texts have come in. Ruza. Ruza says he wants Ryan Lop Fox to lift a major. It's the common theme here. Uh, Ian says All Blacks win the World Cup and Will Jordan player of the tournament. I'd love to see Will Jordan player of the tournament. If Will Jordan is the player of the tournament, you'd think the All Blacks will win it. Golden ticket for Kevin is the Football Ferns to win the World Cup. That would be incredible. Imagine that. Uh, From Ken. Staffy, Golden tickets. Blues to win Super Rugby. All Blacks to win the World Cup. And my outsider for the Golden ticket would be St George to win the NRL. From Ken. Um, David Seymour 
Why have we got that text? David Seymour, what an awesome dude. He should be our next Prime Minister. One team, one dream, leadership, celebrate success, give him a blue jacket, and let's get this country moving. Has that come to the wrong radio station? Do you want me to run that number through the system and see if it is David Seymour that sent that in? (laughs) It's like, oh, maybe the golden ticket is David Seymour to win. That's what it is, to win (laughs) the election and be the Prime Minister. Left field. There is a left field golden ticket. Wowee. Well, we, I will tip my hat to him. He did his whole address at Waitangi in Te Reo Māori, like fluent. I was pretty impressed with that. Um, thanks for being with us today, Finn. You're doing a great job. From Mark. Finn. That's Finn's text the show himself, giving himself thanks. Finn's in the house today. Um, my golden tickets, for what it's worth, I wrote down five. No surprise what number one is. Manawatu to win the Ramfurly Shield. That's my lifelong dream. Um, the only problem is, when Manawatu do, if and when they do, win the Ramfurly Shield, it's the end of my life goal. It's gone. It's finished. It's done. <laughs> so my number two was Foxy to win the Masters. A major would be fine, but I'd love him to win the Masters. Um, my number three was Warriors to win the NRL. My number four was the Hurricanes to win Super Rugby. And my number five, interestingly enough, is Zoe Hobbs to go under 11 seconds. I would love her to be the first New Zealander under 11 seconds. I think that would be off the hook. And there's a number of other ones in in athletics. um, Sam Tanner had a fantastic run. He's now the third fastest New Zealander ever in a mile behind John Walker and Nick Willis. And he's only 22. And he's small. And he likes surfing and DJing. He's a real... Great bloke, great bloke. So that's sort of mine. Manai, have you put any thought to what your golden tickets amongst Kiwi performances Yeah, I, ha- I have, and I just get stuck on one, and you mentioned it there, and it's the Warriors. Warriors. And I can't, I can't get past it for just for so many reasons because obviously with this golden ticket hypothetical, we're just saying, hey, we're going to make this happen. I'm going to redeem this token here. You only what, get one. Yeah. You only get one. Wouldn't it be ridiculous for the Warriors to turn around their first season home? You know, it, it would be... I'd liken it to, you know, was it Leicester City that went on that ridiculous run in the in the football, Jamie Vardy and that whole thing? Yes. It would kind of feel like that. You know, I think that the global media would start picking up on it. Other countries that don't follow rugby league, they'd be saying, look at this rugby team down here in New Zealand. They're going to win their competition that they're playing in Australia. Um, <laughs> but you raised a really interesting point just there that I kind of made me a little bit sad. If the Turbos won... The Ranfilly Shield. The Ranfilly Shield, like... That's it, you know, you, you, your dream's complete and now what? And I kind of think that about the Warriors as well. Isn't part of being a Warriors fan that we've never won? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's our year, it's our year, it's our year. And, oh, it just was our year. So what's next year? Well, it, as a bit of a tease here, Staff, uh, we're going to replay some of the interview I had with Dirk Nowitzki over the weekend. I put it to him, is this the Warriors' year? Oh, wow. Yeah, so you'll find out whether Dirk thinks that the Warriors can do it or not. Um, but like you said, yeah, if I had the golden ticket, I just think that that would be, they'd make a documentary about it. Uh, you know, the, just the, all of the storylines going into it. We lose Roger Tuivasa-Shek, we lose our identity for a few years, now we're coming home and then we, you know, turn it all around. It'd be a, it'd be a movie, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be an incredible movie. Mm. An incredible movie. And... Where was it on my? It was number three. It was number three behind Manawatu and Foxy. 
But I'd almost swap Foxy and the Warriors because Foxy can do it again. Yeah, he's he's a young man. But it's well, it's interesting though, isn't it? Like what you just said, yeah, Manawatu winning the Shield. I need to reset my list, and it's just I just sort of shrug my shoulders like I don't really mind if anything doesn't ever happen again. And even I'd even take winning it if I knew we were going to lose it the following week. I'd still take the win. Uh, 100%. Still take get that little mini shield on the side of the sh- big shield with Manawatu 2023. Yeah. Um, and just obviously on the scale of things that are happening this year, the Rugby World Cup is the is the holy grail. And I think it, uh, neither of us have put – you didn't have that at number one, did you? Didn't have it in my five. Not, not many people texting in have had it in theirs either. And I think that shows actually we're quite confident that we still can, despite all of the drama that's going on, we're still quite confident. And I think because we've done it three times before – It doesn't mean <clears> as much. Which is why we haven't had much Crusaders. Well, it, yeah, it, exactly. As it, a Cantabrian myself, I don't – Yeah. I would not waste my golden ticket on the, uh, the Crusaders who might just win it anyway. Same mm. with the All Blacks. So he's a ripper. Scotty Hawker to win the Western States 100-mile ultramarathon and Ruth Croft to win the UTMB 100-mile ultramarathon. Logan Christchurch, I love texts like yours. It's the stuff that we might not know about, the absolute pinnacle things. And, and, and I almost feel like, like the Crusaders, they've won heaps. So it's, I'm not saying it's not important to Crusaders fans, but you've had it a lot, so it doesn't mean as much. It won't mean as much to the Crusaders to win a title, just to keep that dynasty going, as if the Highlanders popped up and won it, or the Hurricanes popped up and won it. They've only got it once each, those guys. You know, it would mean the world to them. And look how much it did mean when they did as well. They still talk about it. They do. They absolutely do. Southland still sing songs about winning the uh, the Ranfilly Shield. 9-3, 9-3. There's that song, isn't there? <laughs> There's that song. Uh, Mark says South to win the NRL 50-somethings. Oh, 50-somethings, David Tour and Mike Tyson, get it on. <laughs> and Foxy to win a major. That's probably the most popular one we've had, is Ryan Fox to win a major. He's playing in Singapore this weekend. Then he's coming back to New Zealand. And I'm going to try and get him in studio for like one of those spotlighty hour type things. And I'm going to woo him in. I don't know whether to trick him to come in. I've actually done a painting of Foxy when he won the Dunhill at St Andrews and I've messaged him and said I want it signed because it's going to be a fundraiser for Lifelike Trust and he said good as gold, happy to sign it. So I might see if I can double bang it and say I've got it at work. It's in the studio. It's in the studio, can you come in? And it's too big, we can't move can't it. Can't move it, just grab a seat. While you're here. <laughs> While you're here. <laughs> what else are you doing? Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. I'll just let him, I'll just let him play. I'll let him come home and we'll, we'll wangle it but... I don't know if he fully understands how popular he is in New Zealand, Ryan Fox. I mean, he seems like that kind of humble guy who even if he did know, he wouldn't let on. Yeah, and he just hasn't forgotten who he is and where he's from. And I was watching him. He was drawn with Rory McIlroy in the weekend. He was walking along, having a yarn. Not in the weekend, the week before, actually. Just chatting, and he'd be just like, mate, do you, do you enjoy fishing? Or what's your favourite feed, bro? It's just one of those guys. Yeah, just a... Classic Kiwi bloke. But I think also if if he was to win the Masters, how good would it be to be there? Because that's one of those oh. events that everyone would always, you know, dream of being there. It's a real bucket list event to go to. Mm. Imagine seeing a Kiwi there as well. Imagine the size of the jacket if he won it. <laughs> <laughs> Big wide, like like when Angel Cabrera won it, I think they had to hurriedly, because he's a 
very broad. I'm not saying he's fat. He was very broad Argentinian. So they've got the tailor out there checking the, the standings every day, frantically sweating. We're going to need more green material here. Yeah. I wonder how – they must have a few just stuck in the wardrobe and they just – all the players that are contention, they know all their sizes. You know, and there's always that famous shot at the British Open of the engraver and he can't pull the trigger on the engraving until they know who's won. And there's that famous year that Jean Vanderveld had about 11 shots on the last hole and he had a massive lead going up the last. And I think he'd started engraving his name and then he just absolutely blew his biscuits. Anyway, what are your golden tickets um, – What's this one? I'll read that one shortly. You can text in, Tampa Bay Post text machine, 8833 is that number, but I'd love to hear your golden tickets. Had a lot of Ryan Foxes. You can add to that as well. Is there another? Is there a, is there a little bit of love for Marcus Armstrong, Scott McLaughlin, Scotty Dixon, get an IndyCar? Is there a track and field athlete? Is there, a, is there some love for the Silver Ferns to win the World Champs? I've got that this year as well. You know your sport. You know your own sports out there. Um, let us know. 0800-150-811. That is the Midday Madness topic. Love to get your calls. And we'll rejoin you after the new sport and weather. To the rockin'est speed of madness. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Someone's just texting and uh, Chris goes, sup? What's up with Super Rugby? Five game rules. So if an All Black comes off the bench five games in a row, does he need a rest? I'm trying to find that story, Chris, uh, and someone can furnish me with it. Have they come out and said they're only allowed five games? Or is it five consecutive games and then they have to sit one out? Um... I'm just trying to find scrolling, scrolling. I can't find. Um, no, I can't find where where the thing is about the minute. Maybe it was a story that came out while I was on holiday and just didn't catch up with it. Um, if it's just something that's come out, Chris, just text me or give me a call actually to, to, to talk to me about that. Talking about your golden tickets, you you would love to see this year. Here's a good one from Neil. Triple majors: Elka, Fox, and Co. Yes, boy. That would be amazing. That would be... Let's chuck in Dan Hillier. He can win the British Open. He had a really good tournament, actually, in the weekend till the, um, till the last round. And I think he, he was playing with Ryan Fox in the last round. This was at the DP World Tour event. Uh, Foxy, Ryan Fox finished 11th. Final round of three under. Finishing at 12. And unfortunately, Dan Hillier finished... He had a four-over final round. Um, finished at five under. Amazing that they start both started the day at nine under and they shot seven shots different. So I thought that would have been quite a good thing for um, Dan Hillier to, to be paired with Ryan. But another there's another good finish for Ryan Fox, 11th. Um, he was a bit crook in his last round last week. Um, but he's definitely topped people's buckets uh, bucket lists. Um, Staffy, here's one for you. Geordie is our new first five after the World Cup. Is that a possibility? I tell you what, if the if the likes of um, Aidan Morgan, Ruben Love, Fergus Burke, um, and these other first fives, I think Peter Fett is probably the next natural one, and he'll get some chances. Damien McKenzie potentially, 
be really interesting next year to see, or well, post-World Cup, who our first five is. I've just found the article as well on the rest um, that Fozzie was talking about. It is five consecutive games. That rule was in place last year, but they've extended it to go into quarterfinals and semifinals. Oh. It's, uh, apparently, um, they will make exceptions for certain players who didn't play have a high workload last year. Because uh, they're still tired from last year. <laughs> and, uh, and younger players as well. Uh, or those returning from long-term injuries. So basically they've just said, oh, well, we can also um, just change it at our will, I guess. So if you're going to make the quarter semis and finals, they'd probably take one of the previous two round-robin games off so they can play them all. Yeah, I wouldn't be buying tickets to the last round of Super Rugby <laughs> if I was planning, if I was hoping to see All Blacks. <laughs> so it's not minutes, it's just five in a row. Okay. Well, see, they have buy rounds as well. Do they still have buys? Is there still buys in Super Rugby? I don't think they were in the last year. I'll have a look at that. Well, someone can have a look at that. Here we go. Five consecutive games. They stand down. They stand down for one, including as a bench player. So they only miss three or four games at the most. That's from rugby man Ken. Good stuff. Um, I just don't like management. It's that, you've got head coaches in Super Rugby who are highly credentialed people. They know if their players are tired or not. Don't stand above on high and tell Jason Holland this is what you must do with your team. Jason Holland's job is to get the Hurricanes to win the title. And I know Dave Rennie didn't toe the line with the Chiefs. Certain coaches didn't toe the line with the Chiefs. Uh, sorry, with their super teams when it was coming for on high. So you can tell Clark Dermody has to rest his All Blacks and they lose a game because he rested the All Blacks, all of a sudden his coaching record looks poos. Anyway, 0800 150 811. Uh, we go to the lines. Uh, yep, and we're going to go to Graham of Marlborough, formerly a Northland proud Northland man. G'day, Graham. G'day, Steph. How are you, brother? Good, thanks, Graham. Uh, so I'll give you the five that I gave Beaver the week before Christmas. Before okay. Before we went on holiday, and, I, and I've tweaked them a little bit. You know, I've got a couple of other little things I want to say after that. Um, so, Northland to make the playoffs again Not, this nice. season. Yep. Northland to win the Ranfilly Shield. Oh, you can't. You, you can't. Manawatu. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Manawatu goes up and plays them and we thrash them yet again. Aye. To prove that we thoroughly deserved to win it in 1978. I think it was, whatever it was, I was down there. Anyway, if that happens, if that happens, Graham, if that happens, if Northland win the shield and Manawatu two have a game against them, you and me are going to Seminoff Stadium and sit next to each other and cheer our respective teams, and the loser shakes the hand of the of the winner at the end of the game. Easy as, bro. Easy as, because I go I go up to quite a few Northland games, so easy as. I'd love to do it, Steph. I'd love to meet you. So Excellent. easy as. Excellent. Um, the next one is. Well, I probably shouldn't say because I'll upset Ken, but Crusaders to win another title just to shove it up everybody. <laughs> and, um, and for Razor to show yet again how, what he's made of. Uh, I had the All Blacks to win the World Cup, but I'll just be happy if they make it past the quarterfinals. Yeah. After, after you know, after, after we had this discussion with Sam last year, and yeah, I just, and seeing the draw, seeing how some of those other teams played on the weekend. Um, and the other one was my daughter's Nipple Premier Nipple team to go back to back. It was fantastic watching, following them and watching the final. It was just good parent fun, if you know what I mean. It's a good buzz when your kids do well. I love that. Um, um, the other one was 
Scotland, uh, they had a great win on the weekend. Third time in a row they've beaten England for the Calcutta Cup. But I'd like them to go further. Yeah. And, you know, like win, a grand, win the Grand Slam or even the Six Nations. But, you know, they, they, they pick off Italy sometimes and then that's about it. So I'd like to see them. They're a better team than that. Um, as the All Blacks found out last year, you know, Scotland's better than that. So I'd like to see them do a bit better. Um, yeah, that's sort of my five or six. Um, and just the lady that you're talking to about the Saudi Arabia advertising thing, I know no, it's a different topic, but we have a lot of people, you know, Rory McIlwell saying, um, oh, you know, the money and the, and, and the human rights issues, etc., etc., which are you know, are well documented and need to be brought up. But he doesn't have any problem going to America and making the big bucks with his mass shooting every day, you know? He mm. doesn't say, he doesn't ever comes out and says, I'm not, I'm not playing in America until the mass shooting stops. You know, it's, a, it's probably a different, you know, human rights and those sorts of things are, are totally different spectrums. But if you're going to have a, a, start, a, stand, a stance on something, you, you, you can't just sort of have it your way and not the other person's way. My thing about the my step, about the FIFA and Saudi thing, it's the atrocities against women in Saudi Arabia, and this is the Women's World Cup. It, it's poles apart. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Mm. I, you know, um, I... I you know, if 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 Grant Robertson, our sportsman, had any balls, he'd just say, "No, no way, you're not having it. In, you're not having it in this country." Mm. With with what goes on in Saudi Arabia, his argument is, "Oh, it's a FIFA decision." Well, come on, man. You know, you stop people going to their parents' funerals when doing COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you if you can do that, mate, you can stop this, eh? You know, I know it's a it's a, an emotion emotive arg- argument, but guys like Rory McIlroy and the likes just have a look at the mirror and say, well, hang on a minute. Look what goes on in America or wherever. Mm. You know, just sometimes you've just got to, yeah, I, I don't sort of like to get involved with, you know, Saudi Arabia. So they've got their issues. We've got our issues. You make a stand, you make a stand for everybody, not just pick and choose that you make a stand for mm. whoever pays your wages, you know what I mean? That's it, Graham. Yeah. Awesome, buddy. Cool. Anyway, mate, go to the Mighty Tony player, mate, and the turbos can come second. That's good on you, mate. Graham, <laughs> proud, proud Northern Tunny Fund man. We'll take a break and we'll come back with Gary from Upper Hutt and you can join in 0800 150 And welcome back in. Uh, probably still a chance to take a call. Perhaps uh, 0800 150 a golden ticket. Uh, and New Zealand are rising to the absolute top. Had some stunners here. Stunners here. Starting to get a trickle for the All Blacks to win the World Cup. I get that. Uh, one from um, Brendan, uh, Paramount Fencing for all your fencing needs. Paramount Fencing, 0800. Staffy, I'm a big motorsport fan, so for me, it's Scott McLaughlin winning the IndyCar Championship. If his team give him a great car week in, week out, he will go very, very close, and I cannot wait, Brendan. Um, being at the Grand Prix, I was talking to... Um, some people know David Turner. He's he's a very well-travelled, well-credentialed motorsport journalist, reporter, um, making a documentary, hopefully, at the moment. Um, he's got the approval and everything, and it's going to be New Zealanders' history in IndyCars. It'll be a fascinating read. And all the talk over there for IndyCars this year, like the talk with Scott McLaughlin, of course, but Marcus Armstrong 
in his very limited testing of the cars, they are blown away at how quickly he's adapted to the IndyCar setup. And I'm very excited about the future of Marcus Armstrong. So put that one in your hat, Brendan. How good is it to have three New Zealands in IndyCars? Now, he'll have the... He's Scott Dixon's teammate, isn't he, um, Marcus Armstrong? So, you know, Scott Dixon will get the best car and the best mechanics and all of that, and you'll play second fiddle. But he could um, really flex this year, Marcus Armstrong in the IndyCars. Good text, Brendan. Um one from Jared Staffy. After that epic drive at Bathurst in that awesome Red Bull V8 of Sebastian Vettel's, maybe a seat in F1 for Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson, F1. He must be getting close. He was at the Grand Prix on Saturday. Right, He's got an amazing haircut, Liam Lawson, I've got to say. What are we talking? Well, we're talking um, sort of the undercut but long. I don't know what you call those, but like Brad Bacon's. But, 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 but you know how they cut it? Close to the head, but the stuff above it grows long. Mm, like a almost piggy blinders sort of thing? Um, I'm trying to think of someone. That's a modern haircut, and he's blonde, and, you know, tight jeans and a linen shirt and, you know, the whole, and the harem. You know, it was just fantastic. Liam Lawson doing – he's virtually an F1 driver without having an F1 drive. I mean, Daylight he, exposed the horrors of the night. What's that? No respite. I've no idea. Where's that coming from? That was, that was coming from our newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Liam Lawson in a car. So did I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> that took me by surprise. Mm, so there we go. Formula One drive for Liam Lawson for someone. Um, I like this one too from Les. George Bennett to get a top placing in the Tour de France, even if he is there to help others. Yeah, just even just wearing the polka dot jersey for a couple of stages or a stage win or his team wins. Yeah, great text, Les. That'd be amazing. Uh, Staffy, other than Ryan Fox winning a major, mine has already happened. Bully Boy winning the darts, world champs. Always wanted Michael Smith to win it, and he did. Cheers, Carl. Wasn't that fantastic? I'm in your camp. I've always wanted him to win, ever since I was lucky enough to meet him. And all the players, everybody, and, and Gary Anderson was his sort of mentor when he, he was the world junior champion, then he joined the bigs, and Gary Anderson mentored him. And he said, look, he will be the best player in the world. He just needs to win, and then he'll win them in bunches. Bang on. Won the world champs, won the next one. Um, and just a tremendous, quietly spoken. It doesn't look like, if I talk to you about a, a six-foot-one, burly, fully tattooed mohawk guy, you think, oh, he's a rough diamond. Tremendously nice bloke. So I'm pleased your one has come in, Carl. There you go. We've got a few more to get through as well. We might be able to squeeze in one more phone call after the break. 0800 your golden tickets for this year. Yeah, I've got some ripper texts coming, but uh, we've got uh, Finn Basimo um, in the assistant producer's chair today. Finn, young man, tall man. I'm interested what your golden tickets would be from the younger generation. If you had to take a guess... I knowing my height and all in my basketball uh, preference, what would it be, Staffy? Stephen Adams to win the NBA title. It's actually not, surprisingly, because oh. I'm not a Grizzlies fan. But um, that would be cool, don't get me wrong. But um, no, it's actually the Breakers winning this year, okay. surprisingly. Oh, we haven't got long to wait. Yeah, I know, hopefully. I mean, they're second, home semi-final, and, you know, fingers crossed. I feel like all the stars are aligning for them to, to take a win this year. So we'll see what happens. And we've got Dylan Boucher on, and I'll be asking him the exact same question. Are you not a little bit concerned running into the playoffs that we've really struggled to beat last and second last on the table? 
I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I feel like Barry Brown's been injured against Brisbane, True. so that had something to do with it. But we've had very, I mean, strong glimpses against the bigger teams. Like Sydney, we've beaten Sydney, uh, we've beaten Cairns, we've beaten all the other teams that are going to be like competing. So I feel like there's a, like we play better against the better teams. Maybe you get a bit nervous against the teams like Illawarra and Brisbane maybe. So, yeah. Mm, interesting, interesting. Tom Abercrombie's come back good. Do you reckon he'll go around again next year? It's hard to say. He's 35, so the body's probably feeling a bit sore after 28 regular season games. But but he th- had, he's had a lot of time out with injury for the last yes. two years, which can extend on the other end, can't it? That is true. That is true. Even like with his eye problem and stuff, I guess he was just at home having a rest. Mm. So, I mean, if they win, I feel like it'd be rude not to. Yes, two ways. You you go out on a win, or if you or you say. That was so much fun, I'm going to do it again. Or if you come second and you nearly went, nah, unfinished business. I'm exactly. going back again. 100%. I reckon It'd be we'll nice get one more. I reckon we'll get one more out of Tom Abercrombie. Yeah, I feel like he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, a few more text messages. Uh, I've done that motorsport one. Uh, Pete, Peter Mack, uh, a Kiwi driver to get an F1 seat. Love it. Kiwi to win a stage in the Tour de France. Absolutely love that. Swimming medal at the World Champs. Love that too. All Blacks to win the World Cup. And Foxy. A lot of Foxy love. Uh, Brad wants Stephen Adams to win a ring. That would be fantastic. Um, Braden Curry to win the Ironman World Champs. Won't be held in Kona, Hawaii this year. That though, as that will be a female only race. Memorial race in Nice, France. I didn't oh that's that must be Brett from Huntley. Or it's another Brett. I didn't know that. Did not know that. We'll be back after new sport and weather with one. Weather with one? Weather after one with Johnny Mack. In, folks, double eight double three Tampa Bear post text machine number is available for you. If you've got a question, we're going to get Rebecca Souden on. She is a world expert in sponsorship of women's sports, and she's also behind the campaign of um, Fix the Internet, which is an amazing advertising campaign at the moment. Where I saw an ad, and it's a and it's a it's a little girl saying, "Hey Siri, who's the highest goal scorer in international football?" And Siri came back with its Lionel Messi. But there's a women's international footballer that scored more international goals, and she was telling Siri that she's wrong. Um, but it's a really interesting campaign. But this uh, Saudi Arabia sponsorship, Saudi Arabia Tourism Fund, which is a bottomless pit, um, look like they're going to be the lead sponsor for the FIFA Women's World Cup. So we'll get her take about what impact that has, what her concerns are, in her words. So any questions you'd like me to put in there, you can get them through double eight double three is the number to do those. Um, Six Nations kicked off. We did a preview of it on Friday. 
with James Burridge out of the UK. Um, some incredible results, really. Particularly, I think the most incredible result was Italy-France, which you'd have to say France would be... France and Ireland equal favourites for the Six Nations. Italy always six of six. Italy were leading with 15 minutes to go. Um, and France only got across the line with a with a converted try and uh, 29-24. In the other games, uh, Ireland were clinical. They were fantastic. 34-10 over Wales. Wales, good periods, particularly in the second half, just couldn't click over the scoreboard. And then a fantastic result for Scotland against England. They were they were amazing. And to do it at Twickenham, and as a caller mentioned earlier, Graham, uh, third time in a row that they've beaten England. So... Fantastic, fantastic start to Six Nations and great quality too, I think, because it's the first hit out as uh, internationals, those six test teams, and I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. Um, some more texts have come in. Um, golden ticket for me, staff. This is Adam. Fury versus Usyk for the undisputed heavyweight championship. Yes, boy. Will that ha- can that happen this year? Can it happen? I guess it can. It's my continual, and as you all know, I'm a massive boxing fan. You just never get the fights you want. I think that's a big tick to the UFC. If the fans want the fight, the UFC make it happen. Um, just doesn't happen in boxing. There's, there's more dodging than punching in world boxing. Can I tack onto the back of that one? Can some, my golden ticket, for someone to unify all of the belts, melt them down and just have one... <laughs> It's such a hindrance to boxing to have all of these different belts and, you know, Joseph Parker won one of them, but I don't know which one it was. And this guy's got some of them. This other bloke's got some of them as well. It's like you're saying, the UFC, it's just one competition. Mm. So you always get to see the fight that you want. And I know none of those individual belts want to give up their belt, but in the interest of boxing, I think it would make it much more easy to follow. Mm. It It would, because you can have... When Joe Parker was the heavyweight champion of the world, there could have been potentially three others, WBO, WBC, IBF, and WBA. So there's the four, and there's others as well, but they're the big four. And you're just like, why? And, and you'll never get IBF and WBO to go, yeah, we'll combine, because they've got their own, their own dudes. You know, they've got, they've got their own federations. It should never have been allowed to get to that. But, no, it, but, but it's there. Why can't they all just sit down and go, right, we all love boxing. This isn't the best way forward. Mm. So why don't we all just, you know, like I said, melt the buckles down, put them all into one and then be done with it. Because it's revenue. You know, you, you have a heavyweight WBO belt, heavyweight title fight, WBO, they get all the cash. Otherwise they're going to have to split it into quarters. And you've still only got the same number of heavyweight fights per year, so they're going to have to split it all. But if you get if you get Usyk with one, um, Fury with one, Wilder with one, and Joe Parker with one, doesn't uh, help the sport. Does not help the sport, mate. Surely Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or one of those blokes is into boxing that have got enough money that could you know do it. <laughs> yeah, the, Am- the Amazon heavyweight championship of the world. Absolutely. Why not? If that's what it, yeah, either that or the Tesla belt, <laughs> <laughs> the solar panel. I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. But forever in boxing, look how long it took Mayweather to fight Pacquiao. They were 10 years past their best, maybe eight years past their best. In their prime, all-time fight, an all-time fight. 
boxing, heavyweight boxing is really strong in the UK. Everyone wants Joshua Fury. Don't don't worry about who wins and all that sort of thing. They could sell out the O2 10 times for that fight, even though Joshua's had a couple of losses or three losses. Um, that's the fight they want, but they don't make it. It does my head in. Completely does my head in. Anyway, we're going to have a break very shortly. Rebecca Soudan, she is... Um, She's a pioneer, really, former football fern herself, um, and she's really established herself in the marketing of women's sport, sponsorship of women's sport, and I guess it's no surprise it won't sit comfortably with her. This Saudi tourism board are going to be one of, if not the major sponsor of the FIFA Women's World Cup, the atrocities against women in Saudi Arabia, and that country sponsoring, that country's government department, for want of a better phrase, sponsoring the women's FIFA World Cup. It's 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 kind of weird. <clears throat> it's like New Zealand beef and lamb sponsoring the vegan games, isn't it? It's just it just can't be done. <laughs> it just can't be done. Um, so any questions, we'll take a break. Double eight double three Temper Bear Post Text Machine. Get your questions in for Rebecca Souden. She'll be up after up after the break here on Afternoons with Staffy. Thanks to Gold, fueling your mission all year round. Welcome back in Afternoons with Steffi. Great to have your company. And I think when we get to the end of the 2023, we'll look back on the year that was. And I think without any shadow of a doubt, in New Zealand, the biggest event will be the FIFA Women's World Cup. I feel like we don't know the wave um, of enthusiasm and engagement that's about to hit our shores uh, when we are hosting the FIFA Women's World Cup. I think there could be quite a few pinch yourself moments. Um, stadium selling out. I mean, they've already had to move the one in Australia to accommodate the fans that want to get involved and want to get engaged in this. And then the sticking point that the tourism outfit of Saudi Arabia have jumped in and said they're going to be the the big sponsors of the FIFA Women's World Cup. And now I just thought that's kind of weird. Well, it's a bit more than weird. So we've got on the show, she's the founder of um, Team Heroine, and she's just an amazing marketer of women's sport, working hard in that space. We had her on the show before. It's the only person I had to get to talk about this. Rebecca Souden joins us. Uh, g'day, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Steffi. It's it sits uneasy with me, and but I don't know enough about it all. This is why we've got you on, and I, I mentioned in the first hour, Rebecca, the, the atrocities to women in particular in Saudi Arabia. I don't even why, know why they're putting their hand up to sponsor a women's World Cup. Is it smokescreen? What what is it, and mm-hmm. what's uneasy about it for you? Sure. Well, I I don't think you're alone there and feeling uneasy. I think. Uh, from everyone, from women's sports fans to the athletes themselves, to other sponsors, to the wider women's sports community, everyone's feeling a bit perplexed by this one, particularly with FIFA themselves. They've come out, they've separated the sponsorship rights from the World Cup. So, you know, it's provided such a great platform for genuine supporters of the women's game and, and champions of women's rights to come out and support 
Millenville Cup. So you've seen the likes of Zero come on board. The Visa have been very supportive of the game. Combank, who have been great enthusiasts behind women's sports in Australia. So perfect opportunity to really align with a brand that's not only sits well, but also helping develop the game and really... So seeing this come out has been very disappointing for the whole community. I think, yes, there's no denying that there's been some progress in rights, um, particularly around women's football, but that doesn't automatically mean you can jump in at the opposite the spectrum and align yourself with a tournament who itself promotes themselves as champions of women, amplifying, celebrating women in this World Cup is creating a legacy not just for women's football, but gender equality in Australia. And I think in New Zealand government and football, New Zealand and pitch for this World Cup, their pitch documents are very heavy focus on gender equality and, you know, pioneers in the space with women getting the first vote and everything like that. So it's really blindsided a lot of stakeholders. It's the fact that it's just, I don't know what the figure is, but it is so much money that's made it awkward for FIFA because they love a bit of cash, do FIFA. And um, has that put people in awkward situations? And the athletes too are getting to go to a FIFA Women's World Cup and some of them will be, I guess, being forced to um, unwantingly to turn a blind eye to this sponsorship situation. Yeah, exactly. I think women's uh, sport athletes, particularly, the soccer players out of the likes of the US, the Megan Rapinoe, the Alex Morgan, some of the fiercest proponents of women's rights and rights and activists. So for them, you know, it's a real conflict and um, you, they're not going to stay silent on it. We've already seen on social media, been sharing petitions. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting times. And like you say, yes, of course, there's going to have to be a money element to this and that's why it's come about. But I think you know, the relationships they're keeping to that, you know, if they were serious about marketing the Women's World Cup in its own way, they'd be having conversations with the right brands and the right people. And if they're just going to sell off the Women's World Cup to the highest bidder, then they'll dismantle their sponsorship team and just auction it off to the highest bidder. Because in my eyes, brand sponsorship is all about alignment, two brands kind of sharing the same vision and values and working towards those together and like we've seen the likes of Zero Visa, Combank who are great fits but this is really a spanner in the works and we'll actually never know what kind of money was around the Women's World Cup because from my understanding it's a bundled deal with some of the men's events they don't separate out these line items to go oh that's generated X amount for the women's game we're going to you know spend that on the women's game so again it's just non-transparent and um not too sure what's going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, because I've thought of the two ways that FIFA could go, one of them being you take the money and you cop the fallout, all that sort of stuff, or you go to the Saudi government and say, look, no, we're, we're not prepared to do that. But it's it's not just telling Saudi, look, you're going to miss out on the FIFA Women's World Cup and those bundled things you're saying. But this is mm-hmm. an opportunity for FIFA who have had corruption labelled at them, that uncovering FIFA documentary hasn't put them in a good light. Is this a really good opportunity to may, maybe find favour with football fans and sports fans around the globe to take a stance? Exactly. I mean, I think a game, particularly the women's game, it's a different product to the men's. Um, you know, a big fan group of 
LGBT supporters and women's rights supporters, it's very entrenched in the game. And like I said, from athletes to the fans, the women's sports community. So it's just misalignment in my eyes. And they really had an opportunity to create something special with this Women's World Cup. Like I said, get the right partners on board. You know, New Zealand, Australia, what great host to have, um, really develop its own product. And I think this is just going to hurt all stakeholders involved. So even if they're looking at it as short-term financial investment, in the long term, I mean, as a sponsor, would you come on board or renew if at any stage you could be completely blindsided and sit along brands with complete opposition to what you represent so if I was kind of a future sponsor very wary about you know looking to the Women's World Cup for sponsorship if this does go ahead and I think like I said the athletes they're going to be strong opponents of this it's going to create negative attention on Visit Saudi themselves FIFA um, and hurt everyone really. There's going to be a really important role for senior players and teams. There's going to be a number of female football players making um, World Cup debuts. As I said, it's, this is like a life, a lifetime goal. Um, and within squads of I don't know many, how many players they'll bring, let's, let's call it 20 for ease of numbers, you've probably got four or five who don't give a toss. You're going to have four or five that are very passionate about where this, that sets them up. Now, you haven't been removed from the game for years and years and years. You, you were a football fern yourself. In that team yep. environment, how important to get team unity about a stance if you want to make a stance? Yeah, I mean, I think again, the, the women's football community is unique in that regard and that we see the US players Association, um, as an example, have very strong unity. They've spoken out very highly on these issues, and it's kind of hand in hand with their brand now. And I think that's the case for a lot of other teams. And I think, like I said, you know, LGBT rights are a big component of a lot of these football teams in the world. So, you know, you're saying even four or five might not care, and four or five might be really passionate. I actually think, you know, majority of the teams would actually be very passionate on this issue. In saying that, we've seen from the Men's World Cup, you know, it's for players to do too much outside of, um, you know, hearing, having their heard. And this is a career highlight for most of these players getting to come and play a World Cup, you know, even if they did boy, you know, we know FIFA probably aren't going to change their course of action. So I think it's more about people being as vocal as they can, creating as many headaches for FIFA um, that these kind of decisions aren't considered, you know, um, these missiles aren't really happening in the future and really put people off doing these. So it'd be very interesting to see how this one plays out. And, um, yeah, we're all waiting kind of for official word from FIFA's supposed sponsorship. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're yet to hear, which is an interesting sign. Yeah, because we've heard Minister of Sport Grant Robertson saying not ideal. I think we've heard similar out of Australia as well. Who's who's got um, the most muscle to flex to get this mm-hmm. changed? Is it the players? I think you know the players are obviously at the heart of the game, but um, the scheme of things probably a little voice. I think for me, it's a game. You know, it all comes down to money and hit them where it hurts. I think existing sponsors, uh, you know, if they have something called contracts that you know, these kind of situations where their fees get reduced or, you know, create uh, sponsorship 
puts them in jeopardy moving forward, you know, it's costing them tens of millions of dollars, then they'll take notes. So, again, likewise, the tourism is funding it. If they kind of, you know, hit them with, not penalties, but ways to add extra costs and headaches, I think that's when they feel it the most. How do you how do you equate this? You know, I watch a lot of cycling on TV, and I've just been watching the tour of Saudi Arabia and the cyclists mm-hmm. going there. The Live Golf is attached to Saudi Arabia. We mm-hmm. see um, world heavyweight title fights. We see UFC fights, um, and yet it's the FIFA Women's World Cup getting the headlines. And and people aren't, you know, it was the tour of Saudi Arabia. I didn't turn off because it was Saudi Arabia. I've actually never seen the countryside of Saudi Arabia and it looked magnificent. But all these sports are all interlinked with Saudi Arabia, motorsport, all sorts of things. Is this one making so much noise because it's the FIFA Women's World Cup? I think so. I think everyone knows the strategy around Saudi Arabia's government and their sports strategy. I think for most people, the gap on this one between the Women's World Cup and the issues around women's rights in the country and LGBT rights, which is so core of women's football, it's just too big for most people to reconcile. And I think particularly disappointing when it's a great new opportunity, they've separated out the sponsorship rights of the Women's World Cup to get these sponsors and brands and partners on board that can push the game forward push all these issues forward. So I think that's where everyone's finding it hard to reconcile. What's your best guess what might happen? Because, again, I'm not as educated in this space as you. I feel like, and I don't want to encumber them with a whole lot of pressure, I feel like it's got to be USA-led because they are the rock stars on the world stage and not saying they're better people or better organised or anything like that, but these are the Blue Ribbon football players of the world at the US Women's National Team, and they are strong. Yes, I mean, they're following alone. Alex Morgan, the star striker for the has got 10 million followers alone. And Megan Rapinoe is a voice that everyone looks to in terms of activism. So you're right, they have some very strong personalities. You know, the, the leaders in this era first to sign the US equal pay deal. So, yeah, I think you're right in terms of players and influencers. People will be looking to US and helping create the noise. Again, I think, um, you know, it has to be a lot of the the partners who are already involved, the football, Australia's New Zealand government, the, the existing sponsors who are the ones with, you know, maybe the power to kind of change policy or investment levels around this that the most uncomfortable situation and you know I'd love to be on those calls when uh, FIFA may have to ring these sponsors and say oh no yeah this deal is going ahead and what the reaction might be so it's very interesting what plays out and yeah I imagine the likes of FIFA right now are noticing all the pickup that has not only local but global attention which is fantastic to drive the conversation um, and yeah we haven't had a response from them yet so I imagine they're either trying to work out a bit crisis management plan in, in terms of how they communicate that or they're trying to reshape some kind of deal with Visit Saudi just around the men's tournament. Again, you know, if the contract's already being signed, I imagine that's very hard to go back on. But, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Quite a few conversations going on in the headquarters. Yeah, this story ain't finished, has it, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> be very interesting to watch uh, this one unfold, that's for sure. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, really appreciate your time as always, Rebecca. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for coming on.
Thanks for having me. She is, Rebecca Sowden. Interesting stuff, isn't it? And you think about all the machinations around the outside, like if you're a Visa or a Vero, and they've just learned that Saudi travel are going to be in their family of sponsors, and they may not want to be aligned with this. Well, they won't be because it's, you know, these big companies, it's brand awareness, brand harmony, you want a good story, and if you're sitting alongside that, will the general public remove them? Some won't, some will, so they've got nothing to do with each other, but some will view it as they jumped into bed with Saudi tourism. It's a hornet's nest, they've got a few months to sort it out, but... Um, yeah, very interesting times. Uh, new sport and weather is coming up with Johnny Mac. After that, we'll get a TAB update. I quite often get we've got a big glass window to the studio which looks straight out onto a cafe. And it's a lot easier to see into the studio than it is to see out. And that tune comes on and it's put your hands up. And I'm standing here dancing with my hands up and I just glance out. There's about six people at the table right next to the studio watching me. What a dick. Very serious looking business meetings. Yes, they are. <laughs> and I'm in here, get your hands up, hands up. <laughs> Paulie Mawadi, you'll sympathise with that, Paulie. Oh, big time, 100%. They should be joining in, Seth. <laughs> we need a speaker. Actually, we need a speaker out into the uh, cafe, and then they can see what we're all doing. 100%. Jeez, um, where are we at? Where are we at? Super Bowl countdown week, finally. Pretty much uh, straight after the completion of the two conference finals, um, we've seen a wee bit of movement since then. The Eagles opened up at around sixty-eight. And the Chiefs around $2, the $2.08 mark, of course, there was a question mark over the fitness of Patrick Mahomes. I'll tell you what, two weeks off is a long, long time. And it, if, it, if the money's anything to go by or if the move is anything to go by, Patrick Mahomes and his ankle are fine, uh, according to this. Because uh, what are we now? Uh, the Eagles are now $1.77. The Chiefs $1.97. I had a look in the Super Bowl outright winner book. You could have got the Eagles at a high of $36.00 to win the Super Bowl during the season, and the Chiefs hit a high of $10 uh, during the season. So those who jumped on uh, at those uh, juicy odds will be very, very happy with themselves. Uh, the biggest bet so far in that Super Bowl uh, winner market uh, of the two teams that are left, a $1,000 bet on the Eagles at 26 uh, and a $1,000 bet on the Chiefs at $4. So... It's pretty even, though, in the head-to-head market. Uh, they're almost trading dollar for dollar at the moment, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now, I want you to settle a, uh, a disagreement I had with uh, our life member, Zaid, who joins the show all the time, and um, he said Alexander Volkanovsky will win, and I said Islam Makachev will win. Um, who's right, according to the bookies? <laughs> he said oh, Volkanovski's oh, never lost in the UFC and he was laughing at me. Zade was laughing at me. Yeah. Well, um, how about I give you an each way go here? Okay. All the multi, all the multis are flowing through Markachev, yep. um, but we've taken more money uh, in single bets on Volkanovski, who is the outsider at $3.70. So... Um, Dave, he, he doesn't get too many things wrong. I think I heard him on um, with uh, Izzy and Kempi this morning. Um, and I, I think they um, incorrectly said that he got a question wrong in the, uh, in the quizzy dag and they had to bring him back. Oh. Uh, he was correct. 
Zade is always correct, except this yeah. time. I think this is the first time Zade's ever been wrong on my show. <laughs> it, it, won't, it won't put his life membership at stake. Um, the other one that we're counting down to this weekend, the NRL uh, Indigenous uh, All-Stars game uh, against uh, Māori All-Stars and Indigenous All-Stars. If it goes ahead, Māori All-Stars at home, Indigenous All-Stars away. I feel like the Indigenous squad's slightly stronger, but there's been defections left, right and centre as well. Yeah, that's the big thing, uh, the defections. Uh, and, and I think these two teams were uh, a wee bit closer together uh, a few days ago. Uh, but we now have the Māori All-Stars at uh, $2.10 in that head-to-head market. The Indigenous All-Stars at $1.71. They're two-and-a-half-point favourites. Um, the, the, there's slightly more money on Māori All-Stars, uh, even though they have been on the drift and with all of the, um, I guess, defections. Um I'm just having a look at the first try scorer market, and I'm just having a look down to see who is the best back at the moment. Um, and it looks like Latrell Mitchell um, at ten dollars is the best back in that uh, first try scorer market. I just don't know if Jack White is going to pass them the ball at this time. So <laughs> I was going to say, are they going to be allowed out of the holding cell? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if, the, if there's something you can rely on in terms of the NRL, there, there's always something going on. It's easy copy for the journos. Oh, boy, is it ever. Is it ever. Have you got another one you want to mention today? There must be something on today. Uh, well, there's plenty of NBA uh, matches going on. Uh, the Wizards uh, currently taking on the Cavaliers. That's live. You can bet live on that as you can. The Detroit Pistons, Boston's, uh, Boston Celtics uh, matchup. Uh, currently, the Pistons are four twenty-five. The Celtics are dollar twenty-two. And of course, the Super Smash. We're getting down to the business end of the season. Um, on the men's side, Otago taking on the Northern Brave uh, to see who will go through to the final and take on the Canterbury Kings. Otago, Otago slightly favoured there at a dollar eighty-three. The Northern Brave at a dollar ninety. And on the women's Super Smash, uh, the Otago women uh, hosting the Canterbury women. Otago a dollar ninety. Canterbury $1.83, winner of that course, goes through to meet the mighty Wellington Blaze. The mighty Wellington Blaze. <laughs> I love that, Paulie. <laughs> I love that from you. No, no unbiasedness there for the mighty Wellington Blaze. <laughs> Certainly not. Well, half their team's over in South Africa, so they'll be going well to, to win the competition. So, And I'm sure we'll uh, have a few of those markets up for the women's um uh, Cricket World Cup over there in South Africa. Perfect. Uh, it'll be a good one. Cheers, buddy. Awesome chatting as always. Very good, Steph. Go well, mate. Cheers, mate. Paulie Moati out of the TAB. Seas eight. Three dollars seventy in a two-horse race. Eight. Alex Volkanovski. He's the underdog. It's a marked underdog. Makachev might win. I want Volkanovski to win. Don't get me wrong. I want Volkanovski to win. Might be a bridge too far, but I want him to win. So if he wins, say, if Volkanovski wins this weekend, don't ring me on Monday and say, see, I told you. Well, you did, but I still want, I'll celebrate with you. And I won't give you beans if he loses. There's my contract with you, Zade, life member. We'll be back in a moment, and after the break, we're going to find out what's making news around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world. 
Well, we're about to find out. Of course, uh, Sammy Hewitt, who normally does what's making news, um, he's away. Well, he's he's at work, but he's the boss for two weeks. And we've had a massive shift around. So Captain K was on with Smithy this morning. I think he goes back to the run home tomorrow. I think. I don't know. Manai's come down to this show. She's all hands on deck at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 a roulette. Uh, Ricardo's been doing something as well. So this is how agile we are. But it's a very important piece of this show is what's making news, and it's Manai's mm-hmm. first crack at it. Yeah, so I, I appreciate some feedback on double eight double three, but uh, yeah, <laughs> go a bit easy on me. Um, all right, staff. This one caught my eye, and forgive me if you've heard it, but have you ever? accidentally put petrol in a diesel car or diesel in a petrol car? Not myself, but I've been at a service station twice when it's happened, when I've seen people do it. I did it once to my dad's uh, truck that ran on diesel. I put petrol in it, and uh, this was over the summer break, so everybody was shut, all the garages were shut. We tried to fix it for two weeks. When the garages reopened, we took it in. The guy goes, oh, you put petrol in it. Straight away, pop the hood, he goes, oh, you put petrol in it. Well, how did you know? You can smell. You can smell it. Straight away. So I was shocked uh, to read this story that no one smelled this. An Australian uh, fisherman is copping flack after he admitted to pumping $580 worth of petrol into the rod holder of his boat. (laughs) So the petrol cap was right next to the rod holder. He's just taken the thing out and put it in there. That adds up to 231 litres of fuel that spilled over the forecourt before he realised what had happened. What I want to know from this story, though, is how do you let it get to 231 litres of fuel? He's put the little clip on, I reckon, and he's gone to the car. He's done some stuff. in the Because it must be pouring. Unless he didn't have the little plugs. He might have the little plugs still plugged in. No, there was a video of it. It was pouring straight onto the... Uh, onto the forecourt. Onto the forecourt, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So the video picks up from where he is frantically trying to hose the fuel off the forecourt. I presume someone's told him to do that. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, the guy that's videoing it is just chirping him the entire time. How many litres? 200 litres. 231 litres. $580 worth of gas. Straight into the stormwater system. Straight. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. So what happens if someone's having a durry down the street, flicks it into the... <laughs> the gutter and blows every manhole cover for two Ks into the stratosphere. Oh, that's outstanding. I can't understand how you can get that. I reckon he's gone inside to get himself a coffee and sat there. Left the clip on. Left the clip on, yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe we're going to be talking about, actually earlier on we were talking about some of the amazing uh, sporting places you'd like to go, some of the amazing sporting events you'd like to go. And obviously whenever there's a big sporting event happening, a milestone in someone's career, it costs a lot. did you see the story last week about how much courtside tickets were going to cost to LeBron James's next game? I saw that they were on the increase. So they were 92,000 last week. Mm-hmm. They are now at $146,000 for a seat at the game. Now, the reason why, which most of you may know already, is he is closing in on the all-time scoring title in the NBA. He's mm. going to pass uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He is 36 points away from it. And he is averaging 30 points per game. Their next game is on Wednesday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Home or away? At home at Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples Arena. He'll do it there. There's every chance he doesn't. And that's what's wild to me about the $146,000 price tag. Because what if he doesn't score 36 points? He averages 30. What's the game after that, home or away? 
Next one's away. I believe it's against the Pelicans. Yeah, so let's say, oh, he want to do it at home. 100%. He'll just be, feed me the ball, boys. I have to get it here because if he gets 30, his average, he's going to get more than six the next game. Absolutely. If you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> do you just go, right, boys, not today? Triple team. Triple team. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if we lose this by 100 points. We, when you look back on the highlights of LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record, you will not see an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey in that video <laughs> because we are not letting him score more than 20. Yes. That's what you do. I, I 100% Oklahoma know. City Thunder should have got Kyrie Irving. Your first job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's... Um, yeah. That's, and the thing is, I see 140-something thousand, you said? 146, yep. You think... Who's got who's got the money to buy that? The mm-hmm. thing is, thousands of people will pay that. Oh, or hundreds. hundred percent, yeah. Hundreds of people will pay that. I just can't can't equate it. To put it in perspective, um, regular courtside uh, seats go for around fifteen grand. This is all New Zealand dollars, by the way. So, on a day to day game to go and watch the Lakers play at home is fifteen grand. So, this is almost ten times that. And you're not even guaranteed that he breaks it. What if he scores thirty four points? The referees will go, oh, no, there's overtime. And Oklahoma said, but it's not tight. No, I'm the referee, there's overtime. It, it re- happens tonight. It reminds me of the guy that bought Tom Brady's last touchdown ball. Yes. And then Tom Brady unretired. <laughs> that's what I think these people are setting themselves up for. Oh, that's gonna. we are going to watch. And fo- when's that game? Uh, Wednesday, our time. I think it'll be on while the uh, show's while on. While the show's on. Mm-hmm. We will keep LeBron watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. We've got three minutes. You reckon we've got time for one more? Yeah, we've got time for one more. Okay, do you have a um, celebrity or famous doppelganger, Steph? I used to. What? I'm uh, not prepared to say who it is. Okay, I'll say who mine was. Uh, my celebrity doppelganger is the guy that does sign language for Jacinda. Yes, yes, yes. You remember during all of the um, <laughs> all of the lunchtime press conferences? Yes. And I always wanted to jump on there and be like, I wonder how hard it would be. You know, does anyone check? Well, it turns out they don't because a woman by the name of uh, Derilyn Roberts was hired as the sign language interpreter for the Tampa Bay uh, Police Department. And she did not know sign language. <laughs> she was just up there making it up, just throwing her hands around. Conspiracy theories came out that uh, she was actually getting up there to spread some message oh, to the right. deaf community. Yep. Not the case. She just got up there and was throwing gang signs. Um, <laughs> and so it turns out anyone could do it. So maybe maybe that is my next calling when I leave this place. Oh my! God. So here's a test. Here's a test for you. We've got a minute left. Mm. There's a great big picture of me behind me on a big plasma screen. There is first person you think of. Celebrity doppelganger. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'd hurt it. Hurt them. <laughs> oh, I can't. Krusty uh, the clown or something is it? No. No, the alien from American Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Who do you get? I don't. I don't get anyone. Oh, okay. I wish someone would say, like, Kelly Slater or something like that. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say, yeah. But I, I missed it. That's why I went with the alien. But. Scott Bio in my younger days. Scott Bio. I yeah. might even have to Google who that he is. He was uh, in When Joni Met Charchi, and, oh, which was yeah. a spin-off from Happy Days. When, oh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll when I had hair. Yeah. I had hair exactly like him when I had it. All right, I'll, I'll give you Scott Bio. Okay. Well, that's what's making news today, Matt. Oh, is there another sting, is there? No, I'm just doing sign language oh. too. Because <laughs> you were just into sign, because I wasn't. Uh. That's us, we'll come back after a break. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome back in. Afternoons with Staffy. Thanks to Galt, fueling your mission all year round. The great crew at Galt, we really appreciate them uh, jumping on board with us. They've been here for a while too, and it's it's fantastic. I actually fueled up after Hampton Downs. I was at Hampton Downs for the Grand Prix, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And there's the Gulf Station right there, right there, just off the off-ramp. And fuel out. Love it. Um, so far on the show, Midday Madness, we were talking about our golden tickets, the big things we wanted to wanted to see. And then in the last hour, um, Rebecca Souden, a fascinating chat with the ramifications with this Saudi-backed sponsorship of FIFA, about how the players feel about it, fellow sponsors, uh, the local um, governments and the people of New Zealand and Australia having sponsorship like that, and the sponsors they will sit beside. Um this discussion hasn't finished and we will follow it with interest um, and still to come. In fact, you can text through, I need a bit of assistance with this. I've got a few. We've got our Tuesday bracket, which uh, myself, Manaya and Finn, we have a draft day, Tuesday, we have a pick each, one at a time, one through five, and we end up with our top fives. Today, it is our bucket list sports events, ones we haven't been to anywhere in the world. Our bucket list sports events. I feel like I'm missing a couple of clangers. So double eight double three, get your texts in. Temper bed post text machine. Get those in for the bucket list sports events. I mean, no surprise what my first pick will be. Um, and someone might try and steal it. <clears throat> We're going to have to paper, scissors, rock to find out the order, actually. Um, but that is straight after 2 o'clock, so text in your suggestions. The, the absolute Monty's we should go and see. Johnny Mac with the news. No show's complete without a pun uh, text from Rory. He, on the back of Manai's story about the guy fueling up his um, boat through the boat holder, um, Rory's let us, in fact, I think this is a true story. He saw a bloke shearing a sheep at the gas station recently. Uh, they were getting fleeced at the pump. I don't mind that. Just trying to find the laugh track here on the button bar. I can't find it. Um... Thanks to SCNZ, I will be in my Mrs. Good box from Brad. Mrs. at the time? Or Mrs. at the moment, Brad? Um, I've won one of the Valentine's Day boxes. How good. Side note, I'll be telling her I bought the present. All my idea. That's what it's about, Brad. We're here. We're the conduit of good marriages right here. I'm pleased for you, Brad. Um, now, no one's texted through the ideas, so we're going to have to go with ours. Um, our our draft day Tuesday, there's so many names. Draft day Tuesday, draft day Tuesday is absolute must go to sporting events globally. Um, the prefaces, we can't have been to them before, so it's unticked, unticked bucket list items. That is the Tuesday bracket. 
Righto. Here we go with our draft day. We've um, paper, scissors, rocked in the break, and the batting order is uh, producer Manai, uh, Basimo. <laughs> Basimo goes second, and I go third, so, which shows you it's clearly not fixed, because if it was, I'd be first. Mm-hmm. So these are our top live events we would like to go to that we haven't been to before. One through five, pick one, Manai Stewart. With the first pick in the 2023 draft, uh, Manai Stewart selects the Super Bowl from the United States of America. Safe I f- pick. I feel like it'll be a waste of a number one draft pick to not take the Super Bowl. It's yes. coming up in a week, so very topical. Um, but I just think it's the scale of it, mm. the halftime show, the glitz and glamour. You know, Snoop Dogg will be there. And for years and years and years, you can just go, I've been to Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, but whenever anybody says, oh, do you want to come around to my Super Bowl party? Oh, I don't know if it'll approach the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> We know it's at the real thing. <clears throat> Super Bowl, pick one. Mm-hmm. Finn Basimo. Okay, so I'm staying with America. Yes. Uh, this is probably quite a predictable pick for myself, to be honest. Uh, game seven, NBA Finals. Yes. Because if, if it's game it seven, be. it's theatre straight away. It's the, that would be the best game all season, mm. hands down. All right. You've got um, someone noting these. So we've got Super Bowl. I'll jot them down. If you, if you wouldn't mind, Super Bowl, uh, game seven, NBA well, you've left me. I've you've left me an obvious one. I'm Go going. On then. I'm going to the Masters. Oh, Augusta, fair play. Fair Augusta play. National. Oof. Sit at Amen Corner in my very small deck chair and just lap it up. Masters, my first round pick. It's a good pick. I don't mind that. That was that's that's off my board. Yes, my draft board. Um. Okay, I am going to go with, in terms of like fan experience. Yep, that's fine. Michigan Stadium. Oh. Go Wolverines. 107,000 people packed in there in Ann Arbor. Um, a, a football game of, of any description would be great, but I think if you're going to go to a college football game, as many other people as you can fit in there, and the largest stadium belongs to Michigan State. So uh, go Wolverines. I'm going college football. Nice. Good pick. Nice, great pick. All right, my second pick. Something that me and my mates have actually been talking about a lot recently is attending the World Darts Championship. Mm-hmm. Nice. It looks a lot of fun. I don't really know much about darts, but... You don't need to there. It, ex- no, exactly. Neither do the people there. Exactly. This is what I mean. Dress up, have a good time, scream out 180 every now and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't go wrong. That sounds like a great night mm. for me. So that's my second pick, World Darts Championship. Sing along to the walk-on yeah. music. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Well, again, mine hasn't been flogged here. I'm just trying to think which one shall I go for. I'm actually going to go, no one will take this so I could save it, but it is my genuine number two. Now, you know I'm a massive, I'm big on Buffalo Bills, Mm. but I think the NFL stadium with the best atmosphere is the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'll go Buffalo Bills visiting Kansas Kansas City and beating Kansas City in, in an unbelievable atmosphere. So Buffalo Bills visiting Kansas City in the NFL. Mm. The gridiron's getting a fair bit of a run today, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, with my next pick, the third pick uh, in the 2023 draft, I'm going to go with one that I had the opportunity to go to <gasps> and for whatever reason just couldn't. I was in Paris, um, the city of love, and I was actually trying to get to the Louvre. Right. And they said, oh, you can't get to the Louvre because the whole road that it's on um, 
is all sectioned off for the Tour de France. They're the rolling shops, in. Mm. They're rolling in today. Not only could I not get to the Louvre, I was too late to even be able to get onto the Champs Elysees to see it. <laughs> um, so big regret. I'd love to get that one back. <laughs> I'd love to watch the Tour de France roll in. <laughs> Fantastic. Great pick. Tour de France, good pick. Okay, so my third pick is actually attending the IPL final. Wow. Mm. I don't, I'm not huge on cricket, but watching. This is this is my reason for this. Watch. I've been watching a few of like the India uh, Black Caps games at the moment. Yeah. And the crowd in India is just out of this world. Yeah. And I feel like the atmosphere at the IPL final must be outrageous, mm. and just just good fun. Looks looks like a good time. So yeah, that's my third pick. Well, here's a tip for you, Finn. When India tour New Zealand, go to an Indian New Zealand game and go and sit with the Indian fans, they are special. They are wonderful, wonderful sports supporters, and you will not regret it. I'd, I'd even extend that to the Sri Lankan fans as well. Mm. They are fantastic as well. It's a good idea, Staffy. I, I might do that next time. Okay, number three. Um, again, not a huge fan of this, but I would love to go. The Italian Grand Prix. Ooh, F1 Italian yeah. Grand Prix, and get in the mixer with the Ferrari Fatosi. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. And actually, I'm not a big uh, motorsports <laughs> guy myself. Yeah. Um, but for my my next pick, the fourth pick in the draft, I want to go to NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to NASCAR, man. I want to park up in the uh, in the stands. You know, I don't know if they do it uh, Bathurst style, where they bury a slab of Cody's or whatever into the <laughs> into the hill and then dig it up and they get there. But just me and me and the boys. Just, Chanting on whoever, Dale Earnhardt, is he still racing? I don't know. <laughs> junior? Yeah, Junior, right. Um, junior, Junior, yeah. Uh, NASCAR for me. NASCAR. All yeah. right, Finn, number um, four. Fourth pick, the FIFA World Cup opening match. Oh. Yeah. And I pick opening because I feel like the atmosphere would be great on the opening match, like the home city or the home country like hosting their first match of the World Cup, big Not grand opening. Shot. I don't know. I feel like it, obviously the final is like, you know, safe pick, but I feel like... The, the opening match would be would be good too. Nice. Yeah. My fourth pick is the Pipeline Masters mm. in Hawaii. Uh, that is my fourth pick. I'm actually watching the surfing um, in here just before. Yes. Uh, okay, I've got one more pick. All right, this one I left to last because it's very achievable. I could probably do it this year. Uh, but I really want to go to Magic Round in the NRL. Oh, nice. The way it's set up there in Brisbane, like the, the hotel outside where everyone goes and gases up. Very achievable, but I've never been to Magic Round, so I'd love to go to Magic Round. That's all right. Magic okay. Round. One more for you, Finn. Last pick. I'm going back to basketball, but this time the Olympic gold medal Ooh. basketball match, and I'd hope that Team USA would be would be in that final. Against New Zealand. Just with, to love to see... Stephen Adams leading New Zealand <laughs> in the Hucker against the if, if he ever wants to play yeah. for the Tall Blacks. But that, I feel like that'd be sick, watching right. some of the best in the world go at it. Well, that's it's, it's similarity to my final one. The ones I had left was a State of Origin game, Brisbane, the Indy 500 with Dixon. But I'm going to stick with the final session of the track and field at the Olympic Games. Mm. With the 100s, the 1500, I think that would be amazing final session of the Olympic Games track and field 
A great little cross-section of the sporting world, I think. Would you like me to read you yes. back the, the teams? So uh, my team was the Super Bowl, uh, Michigan State college football game, the Tour de France rolling up the Champs-Élysées. Uh, NASCAR, because those two are going hand-in-hand. Hand. <laughs> um, and Magic Ground in the NRL. Finn, you've gone with NBA Game 7 of the finals. You've gone to Ali Pally for the darts. You've gone to the IPL uh, grand final, the FIFA opening match. I quite like that one. Um, and the Olympic basketball gold medal match and staff. You took the Masters off the board very early. Mm. Uh, Chiefs at Bills. Is no, that right? Bills at Chiefs. Bills at Chiefs. Uh, the Formula One, forgive me, where? Italian. Italian. With it- all the Ferrari fans. Italia. Uh, the Pipeline. Uh, the final session of the Olympic Games as well. Track and out, field. Yeah. Track and field. Rounds out your top five. Tremendous draft, I thought. Yeah, I feel like Finns is the most eclectic. NBA Some big teams in there, you know. He's all over the world as well. Yeah, football, basketball, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's like, nothing's in the same country. He's going to Five Nation. You've made the most of it. I need to win bloody lotto if I want to do all that. Yeah, you're a Five Nation <laughs> army. All right, we're going to have a break. We're going to talk with, there's been a lot of motorsport in our picks there. Uh, motorsport uh, with Stephen McIver. He fronted um, a huge marathon day of motorsport days, multiple days, which culminated in the New Zealand Grand Prix at Hampton Downs. It was my first time there. Really, really impressed. So uh, Stephen McIver will join us and give us a summary of what went down. Good music out in New Zealand, don't we? Good tunes, good tunes. I tell you what, I had a fantastic weekend. Well, I had a day at Hampton Downs. My first ever time at Hampton Downs as a guest, as a spectator. What a venue it is. It's absolutely magnificent. I was blown away. And a man that, um, much admiration to our next guest, Stephen McIver. He's often a host on here as well. Jeez, you racked up some miles along that uh, pit lane, <laughs> McIver. My God, it was frantic. I, I got to think over over about oh, I don't know three days. If I had a step count, I reckon I ordered about four hundred thousand over the three days. It was it was probably made worse with the Saturday because I had to do. We came on here at about I don't know eleven o'clock on uh, Saturday morning, and then had to keep going with D one NZ afterwards. And their pits were a, a long way away from pit lane and back. <laughs> So uh, I can tell you by Sunday, my feet were ready to sort of say, can you take me elsewhere but not stand on them? <laughs> That's it. Uh, the thing I loved, uh, Stephen, was like we saw the Formula First, which were, which are the little open wheelers, which a lot of youngsters yeah. driving that. We saw the Formula Ford, and our great mate Murph was in there, and it was like those three stepping progressions. But the older guys back in those lesser, lesser cars, but giving back and helping out the youngsters. Yeah, look, that's really important. And for me, uh, and if we talk about Formula Ford here, which was that was the opening round of the New Zealand National Championship. And Murph was just going in to have some fun. And, and Murph just loves racing, right? But the clear message that came out was how much fun they are, but how much young drivers learn about being a race driver. Because I spoke to Andrew White, one of my, my co commentators, and he was we sort of said, We always say, you know, I would help them learn how to drive. And I said, but what does that mean? And he went through the process of basically 
things are, I suppose you could say fancy trolleys with motors on them, mm. and they actually teach a, a teach a young driver, both male and female, how to look after a car, how to take, how to brake, how to brake and change gear, how to steer, all that sort of stuff. So it's really, and they're fun, and that's why it's such level racing, and, and why you allow, look, sorry, just a... That's all right, good. Not a pop. Um, and <laughs> just what I needed right now. It's all right, I'm on hands free. And, um, and it's really fun. And when you talk to the young kids that get out of those, you can see how it means them to actually make, make a race podium, right? Because it's so good. Understandably, the youngster, Alex Crosby, out of Invercargill, was going to be to be all weekend. But this kid, uh, Dylan Grant, uh, who was in a car that was probably about three years younger, was all over him all weekend. So it was fun. And it, I tell you what, sometimes we look at other, other sports and go, oh, this is really boring. So right, Steffi, watching that level of racing and evenness and then going for it makes it all the more worthwhile. Yeah, and I love these youngsters. I mean, this this Lawrence Van Hoopen, who's the Grand Prix, New Zealand Grand Prix chairman, he's 17 years old, for God's sake, yep. and drives yep. with passion, with purpose, with with precision. He's got, he's mm-hmm. brave, and he's smart. What an, what an amazing achievement. Well, the, the crazy thing is that he was supposed to come and run the full season, and things changed. So he rocked up a week before the Grand Prix weekend, and hopped in the and away he went. And we're going, because back at Manfield, a guy called Louis Foster, who's going to race Indy next, which is level down from IndyCar, right? So that's, mm-hmm. it used to be called Indy Lights, it's now called Indy Next. Hunter, the New Zealander, uh, races for Andretti Motorsport. So it was actually, he's going to, Louis is going to race for Andretti as well. He popped up at Manfield. Who's this Louis Foster? Young Englishman, 19 years old, looks like a man, talks like a man. Blew everybody away in Manfield because he, he like a man. It was we were saying quietly, shimmers. It's man versus boy here uh, because he's only, but he's nineteen. But so clear and, and defined in the way he reads the car and talks about everything. And every time, you know, it's our our perfect staff. When you ask him a question, you actually get a different answer every time. So Lawrence pops up. We're going. Oh, I wonder what happened here. Blows Louis Foster away, even though Louis Foster came second in the Grand Prix, and he comes from the Netherlands. Uh, Dad Peter. Well, and as we know, very strong motorsport history in the Netherlands. Just have to say, Max Verstappen uh, of more recent times, and you know, and and he's been racing a similar, the same uh, uh, class called Formula Regional, but a different type of car. And that was the interesting thing here is all the drivers that come over understand this. It's called an FT60, right? It's a Tattoo chassis. I'm not going to take any further than that because then I'll get confused. <laughs> Quite a heavy car and they're really hard on the upper body and the shoulders. They came in, and over 28 laps, you know, got pole position, and then we from start to finish, you're going, what's next? Because this is formula where people get noticed. Mm. Liam Lawson was racing this series four years ago, I think it was, in Highlands, and he, did, he, he made an overtaking move in the wet on the outside, not the inside. He went, he went the hard way, around the outside, 24 hours later, Helmut Martin picked up a phone and said, we'd like you to be racing the Red Bull Junior program. <laughs> that's how important this series, that's how important this series is. And it, it, I know they, they throw out always Lando Norris and Lance Stroll, who are both crikey, that's them, um, um, Formula One drivers. But they came here. Mm. They won the Grand Prix. So I think people need to understand 
the importance of it also being one of only two outside of Formula One. The other one's Macau. Otherwise, no one else in the world is able to call their feature race in their country free. And the other thing is, people in New Zealand probably need to realise, or um, I'm not saying this in a threatening way, but understand how international the pictures from Hampton Downs went. The motor racing fans globally were tuned in and watching the up-and-comers. Yep. Yeah, look, so it goes out through motorsport.tv, which is a huge motorsport uh, streaming service, right? And then close to the home, uh, the promoter Brendan White had done a deal with Fox Sport in Australia, which, as we know, is pretty big in itself, and goes far and wide. So it will be noticed. So, you know, you might not have a great weekend, but you might have one good weekend. Someone, somewhere, who's looking for the next big thing, and if you have one good weekend, you'll be noticed. Mm. That's why, you know, you have kids from Austria, Brazil, and the UK, and the Netherlands, and we had eight right running around in the, in the Grand Prix, which was which was brilliant. Uh, it was look, it was a great weekend. I'm glad you, you tell folks that you were privileged to be in the pits as well. You forgot that part, right? Look, I was a grid girl for the Grand Prix. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> I saw that. I wondered about that. Thought you put it put, put pulled the shorts a bit higher. Yeah, you know what? I got a whole new appreciation for though, Stephen. Like when you're watching motorsport mm-hmm. on TV as a latent viewer, you're watching the battle for the lead and all that. The importance of, like we were supporting Billy Fraser who had a really bad qualifying and it affected his whole weekend, but just how important one place, you know, going from 14th to 13th or getting two people in two corners and going from 13th to how important that is for a team and like we were really invested in that team great bunch of guys, the mechanics, the head mechanic, um, the engineers all engaging with us, talking to me about camber and downdraft talk me through the steering wheel, how it all works, they welcome new people and I'd class myself as a new person Person at that level of motorsport to be able to yep. in the garage watching them fix the back struts as after he was nudged off by Brianna. But it was just fascinating the intensity that these guys work work at, and it's got me hooked in. I absolutely loved it. I, I hope it gives you an appreciation of the word team. Yes, because many people look many people look at motorsport and say, "Oh no, they're driving the fastest car, whatever." But those cars are all pretty level, right? And it, it does come down to the driver a little bit. But when you have the opportunity to go and see the intricacies where they, when they finish, they go and sit and look at their data, all the lines and squiggles on the computer to try and understand how they can find a one hundredth of a second more speed car that is at the same level of the, the opposition of the team cars. And you can see, and I think you probably would have seen too the amount of pressure that goes on a driver. Billy had a Billy had a horror weekend, right? Mm. I mean, I know Billy was so excited coming back, and he's a good friend of mine. And I just look at him, and he just—you almost felt like he just didn't want to be there. He didn't—he wanted to be there, but it was like, why was it? One of those ones that had one of those weekends, right? Mm. He had—you're right. He had Hamilton, Ashfield, Stan Hamilton Motorsport looking after. But I think it's—it's it's a good eye opener for people like yourself who who go, ah, oh, yeah, motorsport, blah blah. But then you get the chance to get to dig a little deeper and you see that all the people around them are trying to help their individual find the minutest of time to try and make up one, two, three places on the grid. And you're right. Those one or two, three places can be the difference between a great day or a poo day. Yeah. Bang on, mate. Um, before we go, I've had a text, and obviously a supporter of yours has texted the show. Mark, on the Temper Bear Post text machine, as you're well aware, it just goes, oh, it's the big show. So there you go, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's it, mate. It's it, look. It's been it's been a long four weeks. We finish off 
uh, this weekend with, with the Castrol Squad Formula Regional in Topo. So it's all coming down to the line. Callum Hedge uh, is only 10 points behind Charlie Voos. Callum Hedge, the Kiwi, yep. only 10 behind the leader. So it all comes down to this weekend. And I spoke to our commentator, Jonathan Green, yesterday. He went on out on a limb. He was confident that Callum Hedge, having a greater understanding of Topo, which is really tough on tyres, mm-hmm. he's picked Callum Hedge to win the whole thing. There you go. Well, guaranteed viewer right here because I love the duels between Woots and Hedge as well. There's uh, every, something to watch in every class. I just loved it. Stephen, appreciate your time. Go go and get your um, Manny Petty to go and look after your feet because <laughs> they've walked 5,000 miles and this weekend they're going to walk 5,000 more. <laughs> oh, God, I, I know that, man. I know that. But, you know, I need to lose a couple of Ks anyway, so that'll do. There you go. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Stephen McKay over there. He did do a sterling job, actually. Um, at Hampton Downs, he was flat out. And a race finishes. They come into the pits. The next one's out. Warm-up lap, go. That finishes. Warm-up lap, go. It is non-stop and so entertaining for the crowd. If you've never been to Hampton Downs, uh, Auckland Waikato people, anyone, get along. Great vantage points. Um, big Big lot of food trucks as well. Absolutely loved it. Um, we'll take a break for new sport. Where the vault isn't far away, but straight after the news, we're going to catch up with Dylan Boucher. Notorious, the notorious one, which is the perfect tune to welcome in uh, one of his biggest fans based here in New Zealand. Could, uh, potentially could start up a fan club, I reckon. Um, former breaker, never left basketball, though. Dylan Boucher joins us. G'day, Dylan. Yeah, there you go, mate. Great to hear you playing Biggie Smalls to start. I love it. Have to, mate. Have to. <laughs> they said to me this morning, what, what tune should we intro Dylan on? I said Biggie. And uh, the guy that's supposed to ring you, he wandered off to the toilet. So we've had Biggie playing for two minutes, waiting for him to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so which has potentially increased the content uh, value of the station. But anyway, mate, um, I know you, you played for the Breakers, you're CEO of the Breakers, you're not intrinsically linked with them, but you must be delighted with what they've put on the floor this year. Oh, mate, more than happy. I mean, for us, um, the breaks of success is, um, you know, it's, it's has a direct benefit to Basketball New Zealand. So, and, and obviously, you know, I've got my jersey hanging from their rafters, so always following them very closely and, um, you know, always wanting them to do extremely well in the, in the NBL. How much of it, it's it's almost the unanswerable question, but they've finally had a, a settled season where they can get some meaningful games at home. I feel like the, the Americans have really gelled in with the New Zealand way. And I think Modi Moore's brought a really an injection of enthusiasm. Oh, I'll tell you, Modi's done a fantastic job right from recruiting the team um, to the imports, you know, complementing the players that he has. Um, obviously it hasn't come without its ups and downs this season, but hey, tell me what season you ever go through with a perfect run, but nevertheless they finish in second place and you know they get to, they get to skip playing games and, and go straight to the semi-finals and you know that's no easy feat in its own just getting to that stage and you know I just hope that you know when the lights come on at semi-final time you know they've got a good mix of experience and youth that can really push through and, and you know give them a chance to, to play in that grand final. Once you're in that grand final, then it's anybody's game. It's whoever brings it on the night and. You know, this team's capable definitely of doing it. There's that classic adage, isn't there, one game at a time. But their last two games have me a little concerned, and you can put me right that I shouldn't be, that you'd think a team that had secured a home semi um, would absolutely blouse the bottom and second-to-bottom teams. Could you put your finger on why why we struggled in those? 
Yeah, you'd, you'd think in a, in a traditional sense, you would think absolutely that they should have. Um, and no doubt Modi would have liked to, um, especially to take uh, momentum going into playoffs. However, they found a way to win both those games, you know, and that's what good teams do. And, you know, that's the stuff that you need, that, that gritty stuff that you need to be able to come back if there's a deficit or, or make big plays at the end of games. And, you know, they've been able to, you know, you look at the, the, the two games that, you know, Tom Abercrombie's defence uh, down the stretch in games is, you know, you've got the oldest player on the floor for them. He's able to, you know, come up with big plays and that's what leaders do within good teams. And they're finding ways to get it done. It's not pretty all the time, uh, but they're finding a way to get it done. Yeah, they are. And you think they've got the depth and the wherewithal, like you, you sort of mentioned before, if you can make that final, make that last dance, um, it's anyone's game. Have we got it? Oh, I believe we have. I mean, I believe our bench is as deep as any bench. On the you go right down to the tenth man on that roster, um, they can all step in. Even probably the twelfth, thirteenth man on that roster, they can all step in and play. And they've all had moments throughout the season where they've come in and contributed when they've been needed, when they've been called upon and needed to. But you know, I think you know the the break, the little bit of break that they're going to get. Uh, there's a few little banged up bodies um, that that'll just give them those extra couple of days that they that they need to be able to. You know, I think it's five days now till they play, so that's, that rest is invaluable. Um, so that's going to be huge going into into the semi-final. Now, Dirk Nowitzki, complete change of tack. Dirk Nowitzki's been in New Zealand um, doing a bit of a footlocker tour, and our producer and I went and interviewed him on um, Saturday, and he learned that he's quite good mates with you and Kirk Penny. How did that come about? Well, you bang a guy enough in games, mate, you're know, eventually going to learn your name. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> literally, uh, when we've been fortunate enough to play against Dirk, probably a, um, you know, seven, eight times throughout my career um, at World Championship events, Olympics, um, lead-ups, build-ups. Um, I guess, you know, whenever you play a guy that much, when you get an opportunity to reminisce and, and talk about um, playing against each other off the court, it's always enjoyable. Now, him and Kirk are both on the... Um, and on the players' board for FIBA, so they represent the players on FIBA. Uh, so they've got they've already got a strong relationship off the court already. And opportunity came um, obviously when Dirk was coming to New Zealand to catch up with them. So obviously uh, took the opportunity to, to go and have dinner with him and um, yeah, reminisce some old stories when we used to play against each other and and how well he's done in his career. Um, you know he's he's had a fantastic career and. When you sit down and talk to a guy like that, you'd never know he's an NBA superstar because mm. he's such a humble, humble guy. I mean, I think he sat down at Foot Locker to do a two-hour promo, and four hours later he was still there finishing off the line. He wanted to make sure he got everyone in that line and signed the autograph and took a photo with them, and that's the that's the standard of the of a guy we're talking about. How do you go about the decision process of what restaurant do I take Dirk Nowitzki to? Well, we're in a bit of a dilemma, Kirk and I, and um, to be honest, he, he suggested one on the North Shore, and I felt it was a little bit um, probably too public. I thought we should have gone somewhere more private, and he said, ah, Dirk won't mind. Um, so people were, New Zealanders are very polite during dinner, um, but I can assure you once we stepped up to leave, and we were one of the last people to leave the restaurant purposely, uh, when we stepped to leave, the people in there obviously recognised them, and everyone took that opportunity to, to get a selfie or two with them, so... Um, but they were very respectful in New Zealand public, so we're very grateful. And can we even pry just a little bit deeper? What did he order? Is is he like a steak man, or is he is he a pasta man? Uh, we went Asian fusion, so uh, so we just ordered a, a for the table and, and just tucked in. But uh, you know, he was uh, he was just a just a standard meal like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be a weird cat, but both you and I have told he's completely normal, just a normal run of the mill bloke. 
it, it, you want, and it's funny because every moment throughout that dinner, I was expecting something to come up that I'd be like, oh yeah, that's the superstar and him coming out. But between him or his wife and, and Nita, um, just good human beings and good people, and which is probably why a guy like him stayed. At, you know, I think he holds the record for most seasons with one NBA team with 22 seasons. So for a you know, little kid from Germany coming to the NBA and staying with one team for 22 years probably sums them up right there. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, Dylan, always enjoy catching up with you, mate. And let's hope those breakers can go all the way. I, I, I wish them well and I wish you well. Thanks for chatting. No, always a a good time to chat, Steph, and yeah, let's hope the breakers can pull it off. Thanks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Dylan Boucher there, wonderful. Um, well, he's probably a life member of the breakers as well. Fantastic catch up with him. Uh, if you want to play the vault, now's the time to call 0800 150 11. There were seven yes no's on Friday. You get five yes no's today. See if you can unlock the vault 0800 150 11. 150 bucks up for grabs. Five questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? We're about to find out. I'm just going back in my pit. Here we go. There's the seven from uh, Friday. Made made some good headway. Made some very good headway. Um, less callers than normal today, but we've spun the wheel, and it's landed on Manai. John from Christchurch, am I right? We're going down to Christchurch to talk to John. Yeah, absolutely. G'day, John. Hello, John. All good, mate. I've got you. You've had a few cracks. Have you ever opened it? I did. I actually, um, I think I probably just about was the first one. I rung up, and I think it was the first or second time it had come up, and I, Sam, remember, Sam couldn't believe how I did it. He thought something wasn't right. <laughs> and uh, I just took a stab, and I got it. <laughs> well, I've just talked to Sam. He's out in the office, and he goes, don't worry, mate, they won't get it today. And I said, I don't know. It depends who gets through. Like, Someone might have an inkling they know. So we've got you've got five questions today. I know you'll be up to speed with the seven that happened on Friday. $150 TRB bonus bid up for grabs. Let's get underway. Good as go. Rightio. So first question, does it happen in an X Games? Does it happen in an X Games, Manaya? You know what the answer is. No, it does not. Mm. No, it does not. Okay, well, that changes things a lot. Well, no. Were you, yeah. going the, were you going the Levi Sherwood way? Well, either Levi Sherwood or Nico Porteous, but we can still go um, Nico Porteous. So my next question, seeing that's not the case, is it involves snow sports? Is it snow? Is, is it snow-related? Snow no, it's not, John. It's not related to snow <laughs> sports. <laughs> no. Okay. Rightio. So now it's taking a whole different tack now. Um... Uh, deepest creepers, that's going to be a whole different story now. Um, mm. So, um, my next question then is... Well, Steph, are you able to ask question? I'm allowed to ask one. Yeah, you ask one now, and then I can go from there. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at all the stuff from Friday, and I've got your one so far today. Um, I will say... Goodness me. Um, no ball involved. That sort of throws things a wee bit too. Yes, mm. I know, I know, and that that was the one that helped the person with the darts last week, mm. which um, it did. Yeah, so no ball, um, which is rugby, football, tennis, golf, shot Wash, put. Um, let's go for 
After 2000. Oh, jeepers. I wasn't ready for a question, actually. Mm. Let's go for... Um, I can one. Okay, you go for one. I will. Um, does it involve cycling? Oh. Does nice. it involve cycling? Nice. Yeah, it does, John. It does. It does. Yeah, that's all I've... Okay, so I've got two... I actually have two things in mind about that, and... Um, I don't mind saying it out loud because staff might be able to ask you quite a handy question. I was thinking either Hamish Bond or Eddie Dawkins or oh. Aaron Gatorman. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Um, so I can probably ask this question. Does this happen at um, an Olympic Games? Yes, it does happen in an Olympic Games, oh, John. Oh, here we go. After a shaky John. start, man, you, you've made a bit of a headway here. <laughs> yes. Right. Olympic Games. Okay. Right, so oh, well, I might as well carry on, staff. Absolutely. Go down. So, does it involve Aaron Gate? Does it involve Aaron Gate? It does not yeah. involve oh. Aaron Gate. He's not involved. <laughs> oh, you opened the gate and then it closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, radio. So now so, you get a guess. Radio. So I'm going to go then. Um, Hamish Bond winning bronze at the Olympic Games. Okay. Hamish Bond, bron- I'm writing all these down so I never forget them. Bronze. Do I, do I punch this into the you safe thing? You punch here, it into the safe thing, yeah. Yep. Okay, here we go. Oh, the safe's not working. Hmm. <laughs> the safe might be broken. Hold on, let me just try. Oh, here it is. I'll put that one in there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, John. Oh, John, you made <laughs> such a good effort at that. Oh, so. F- oh, mate, you always deserve a bloody prize. Mm. That was amazing. Uh, that's fantastic. Someone will be getting it tomorrow, though, so that's good. Let's we made go. headway. Good. Cheers, buddy. John, well done. I think he's potentially one of the best players we've ever had on uh, on uh, onto the vault. Mm. Wow. Like, he was. He was gone and buried. Well, he smashed through a lot of ice. I think the next boat through will make it all the way to land, I think. It was like, happening in X Games? No. Is it a snow sport? No. Oh, does it involve cycling? Yes. Olympic Games? Yes. Aaron Gate? No. Mm. And now <sighs> Hamish Bond? No. And now Hamish Bond? No. Well, not in well, that particular... Hamish Bond, bronze Olympic Games. So. Mm. Hey! Oh, no, I was going to say, could it be rowing? No, but it's like, is the cycling involved? Yes. Okay, so um, won't be tomorrow... Because we've got the chase tomorrow. Thursday. And I'm going to get Sam to be the chaser. Don't tell him because he's always, we've got to get a celebrity chaser. So don't tell him anybody. I'm going to get Sam Hewitt to be the celebrity chaser tomorrow and beat him and he'll hate it. Back after a break. Welcome back in. We're coming up to the news. Uh, just a message for Ken who's texted us. Uh, Ken, you've texted us, not Noel. <clears throat> You've said, Noel, just give me a ring. So, Noel, if you're listening, please ring Ken. Ken, if you're listening, uh, ring Noel yourself. Don't text us. Don't wait for Noel. <laughs> He's done that before. He was organising a barbecue once and he was uh, telling us what to bring. What, what, what do you want? <laughs> Potato salad and stuff like that. Yeah. I suggest a garlic bread. Yeah. Um, some more of the golden tickets are coming. A heap of them, actually. Um, golden ticket. A one-off State of Origin game at Eden Park, please. That would be nice. That would be tremendous. 
Um, <clears throat> I like this one too, the All-Island Gaelic Football Final and the All-Island Hurling Final. Yes, they would be amazing as well. And I've got more to come as well. And we're also going to be talking to Kim Mamalo from the West Tigers in the next half hour. So very much looking forward to that. Here's Johnny Mack with the news. half hour just after the 2.30 news actually we spoke to Dylan Boucher and he went out for an Asian fusion meal with Kirk Penny, Dirk Nowitzki and Dirk's wife (laughs) I thought he might just say oh mate Dirk Nowitzki he ordered this kilo steak but no likes a little bit of Asian fusion and really cool and um, almost as famous as Dylan Boucher and Dirk Nowitzki is our very own Manaya Stewart Manaya how did you prep Mm. meeting Dirk Novitsky, because you've got this exterior, may I say, of quite cool, take everything in my stride. That's all right. How, how are the butterflies and moths? Um, I didn't sleep a wink the night before. <laughs> what didn't help was I only found out the day before that it was going to happen, and it was still a little bit up in the air. Um, and so, yeah, I massively, I think I over-prepared, um, which is unlike me. And um, <laughs> I was very nervous. No, I just got the message uh, from our boss, Ruben, be- the day before because we, you know, through our, our partners at Foot Locker, yep. dear friends of the station, um, Dirk had just been around Australia with them. And they'd obviously gone to him and just said, oh, Matt, do you want to pop over to New Zealand? Pop over to New Zealand. I'm a massive basketball fan. Yes, you are. Um, so whenever you have someone like that, like even for me, whenever I get to talk to Dylan Boucher, you know, that's um, – I still get nervous about that. Um, so, yeah, talking to Dirk was one of those ones where – and it's funny how in this line of work you you do get to talk to quite a lot of people. Mm. And if they're not in the sport that you follow quite passionately, quite often it's you know very easy to not be that overawed. Hey, Dan Carter, it's Manai here. You, good to have a chat to Steph. Yeah. But when they're in the sport that you watch you you know, religiously, that they're, when they're, I mean, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he will be, and he is one of the most legendary players that you know the NBA has And he never, he never courted controversy during his career. He's just like an absolute rooster and, and just a beacon in his home country as well. And like Dylan Boucher said, there's obviously something about him that he, you know, that they kept him around for 20-something years. They've now brought him back. He has a role with the Dallas Mavericks um, that can't be too intensive because during the trade deadline, he's over here in New Zealand hanging <laughs> out with us. Um, he's such a nice guy. As soon as he walked in, um, obviously freakishly tall. That helps. Uh, but we had an awkward moment where, as I was standing waiting for him, I just was holding a microphone between my palms, just sort of rolling the microphone yep, back and forth yep. idly. Nervously. Nervously. And when he walked in, he said, g'day to everyone. Someone pointed over to me and said, oh, that guy over there is going to be doing the interview. He looks at me, and, you know, when you don't know someone, you nod down. When you know someone, it's not up. When you don't know someone, nod down. So I nodded down. My palms are clasped in front of me. He takes it as a bow, <laughs> and he bowed back at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're now in this ridiculous situation where me and Dirk Nowitzki are bowing at each other <laughs> as we're about to do a uh, an interview. And I guess we'll play out a bit of the interview shortly, but um, it was awesome to be able to interview him. I was so nervous. My missus will tell you I was freaking out. And even afterwards, I was still nervous. That I'd... Did you like spend hours like, what's my first question? What's my first question? What's my first question? Yeah, and then I binned it right on the, right on the buzzer because I was going to ask him, like, if you look around, can you see any shoes that you'd fit in here at this footlocker? <laughs> but I thought that wouldn't look kindly on uh, on our friends at Footlocker, so I decided not to throw them under the bus. Um, but then afterwards, I realised I hadn't brought anything for him to sign. Oh. My dad was like, "Can you get a, like anything that we could frame if you could get that signed?" I looked around. I was like, oh, "There must be some um, Dallas Mavericks. Must be one of his jerseys around here to buy." Um, but no, because they'd already used those all. You know, for the promo that he was there to do. Oh. And I looked around, so I thought, bugger it, and just got him to sign the front of the shirt I was wearing. So <laughs> was it a Maverick shirt? No, it was SENZ. <laughs> <laughs> shirt, the only SENZ shirt I got, so I'm sorry, but that's not going back into the cupboard here at SENZ. It's going to frame at Dad's place. <laughs> it's going straight to the pool room, yeah, around at Dad's place. Oh, well, I've told you to get that interview ready because I haven't heard it yet. Mm. So have you got it ready so we can listen? Yeah, absolutely. So this is Manai Stewart with Dirk Nowitzki, Footlocker, 8.30 in the morning, Saturday. We were able to talk to this morning. Real, as I said, bucket list stuff. I couldn't find anything else. I know, this is a highlight of me talking about it on the uh, weekend show. Wonderful guy. Okay, so I'm going to have to talk over the top of me talking over the top of uh, this interview. It's Uh, like an echo. It is absolutely like an echo. Do you know how long it is till the interview starts? Uh, no, I don't. So we'll, we'll check back in with myself now. Warriors, that'll be right at the end, but if you missed it... No, well, I'm no. still talking. Um, a better producer would have clipped the front off of this. It was just saved in a folder that was just called Dirk Nowitzki, so... There it is. Well, originally this, started, uh, this tour started in Australia. Did a little basketball promo. You know, I played with, with Chris Anstey for a year. We stayed in touch and... Uh, he invited me down here to do some stuff in Australia, and and, uh, and, his, and I said, while while I'm all the way down here already, and I brought my family, we might as well stop in New Zealand and have a good time and and show my family the, this beautiful country. So uh, that's what brought us here, and we're, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. You've met my producer over there, Ben. Okay. Ben, uh, ben reckons he can windmill dunk. What do you reckon? Windmill dunk. That guy right there. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. He doesn't look like it, but uh, I've been surprised before. Yes, shock athleticism. Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that's near and dear to our hearts here in New Zealand, the 2002 FIBA World Championships. You robbed us of a bronze medal. What does it mean to you to play for your uh, your home country? Uh, It's been always a pleasure uh, and an honour to obviously uh, represent my country internationally, play play so many games, travel around the world, even uh, as a junior, and uh, it's, it's always something special to, to play for your country. So, sorry about 2002. <laughs> I actually, I saw Kirk Penny last night oh, and, yeah. and Dylan. Uh, we, we stayed in touch over the years. Actually, Kirk Penny is, is uh, with the same FIBA Players Commission that I'm on. So, uh, we, we're constantly in touch. And I saw him, uh, saw him a little bit last night. It was good to see the boys. Someone that hasn't turned out for the Tall Blacks yet is uh, Stephen Adams. I know you played uh, against him. We'll talk about that in a second. But would you love to see Stephen Adams uh, turning out for the Tall Blacks? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it's, it's always uh, the, every person's decision uh, with, the, with family involved. and uh, You know, everybody has to decide what's, what's best for their, for their career. Um, but maybe eventually he'll, uh, he'll play some, a few games. It'll be great for, for you guys. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's a beast. You yeah. know, he's, he's a great rebounder, great finisher in there. He's super tough. So, I mean, any team that he's on is, is, is better off. 
you played against him 20 times in your career. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, what, did it, what did it feel like the next morning after playing against Stephen Adams? I mean, he's just uh, so tough from the beginning. Uh, just always knows where to be, where where to set the screens. Great rebounder, great great role player, great finisher in there. Um, sneaky, athletic. And what I love about him most is he cares about the team. You know, he doesn't care about uh, individual stats. Uh, when when he helps his team win, that's uh, that's when he's happy, and that's uh, that's that's the guy you want on your team. We've got a team here in New Zealand called the Warriors, not the Golden State Warriors, but the New Zealand Warriors. They're okay. a rugby league team. Every year we say that it's our year for the Warriors. Um, unfortunately, we're yet to win a competition. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Can, please, can your answer just be it's our year? What do you make of the Warriors this year? It's our year. Yes! We got it. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Well, there you go. You heard it from Dirk Nowitzki himself. It's our year. It's officially our year. It's our year, Warriors fans. Fantastic. Uh, we have to get away. A quick break now because we've just heard back from Ken Marmalo's handlers. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go in five. So, Ken Marmalo in five. Kenny Marmalo joins us out of Aussie. G'day, Ken. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey, yep, thanks, thanks for having me. Okay, so West Tigers, um, you seem to be enjoying it, Ken. It seems to be a good club for, for you to assimilate yourself into and, and get involved in, and they look like a good, I don't know if family club's the right thing, but you seem to bond really well over there. Yeah, yeah, um, obviously it was tough leaving New Zealand and um, obviously coming over to a different sort of country and different culture, environment, and it's, yeah, pretty much like New Zealand, you know, very family orientated and you know, a good bunch of boys um, now with bags and Benji and some machines there um, on board you know they've really ingrained a sort of culture vibe into the club and um, yeah boys have been enjoying it I've been enjoying it um, definitely miss home though yeah, I bet you do you're coming home tomorrow I understand you're coming over to New Zealand getting ready for a pre-season game with Wests yep 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 we're coming tomorrow so yeah we've got a promo down in Hamilton so just trying to promote the game um, so forward and we take the game back to New Zealand so yeah What's massive change really with with some iconic rugby league names you mentioned Tim Sheens we've got Benji Marshall there Robbie Farah there Chris Hyington there as well there must be a really good energy coming from, from those four blokes down funnelling into the team Yeah it is um, you know if you just Go back and look at the 05 team that um, they had back in the day and just the way they played and um, you know, it was all attacking 40 and you know, Tim's philosophy around um, how we want to play is it's a simple game. All you got to do is score more points to them and you know, like like you said, we've got Benji and um, he's, he hasn't, he just finished not long ago so most of the boys that are in the sort of system and coming through the system and, and at West really look up to him and and same as Faf, I Robbie Farrell. So um, that they've been really good on um, having on board. So um, yeah, just can't wait to see how it unfolds when the season starts. Must be a really good thing to have current or very recent players just with um, messaging because you can find that if you've got a career coach who's been a long time from the footy field out there in action, you've got these recent players and as you say, a lot of respect to them and just the language they use, they they can really relate to current players. Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, they understand the game. They've just finished playing and so they they already know the ins and outs and the game hasn't really changed too much since they retired. Um, So yeah, they're still in the thick of it. Um, 
you know they uh they, they're really helpful and and the, and the knowledge that they're giving to our spiners uh really helpful um obviously benji's played a, a number of games and uh kiwis and you know Māori all-stars and he's really um experienced in that area and so just having a guy like him being a player sort of coach for us is uh massive for the young boys coming through and our spine which is probably our main go-to um, guys for this team you mentioned young guys. I want to ask you about one which I know nothing about, but he comes with pretty big raps. Fanua Pole. What can you tell me about this weapon? Oh, I can tell you that he's he's got like probably 200 kg muscle mass on him <laughs> at the moment. He's a bloody beast. Is he? Um, but he's just built like a bodybuilder. He's fit. He's strong. He's he's got everything that that an athlete uh, requires in terms of an NRL player. So um, he's one I really think will have a big year this year. He played a few games last year, but uh, the year we had last year wasn't uh, helpful for him. And um, I reckon this year with this team, he'll really shine. So you're telling me he got some protein bars for Christmas or something if he's a bit of an Adonis now? (laughs) <laughs> I think that's all he eats for um, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Just protein bars, raw steak. Oh, no. That's classic. <laughs> I, wonder, I wanted to ask you something um, a little bit technical. Well, not technical, but when you were at the Warriors and you had um, Peter Hicku as your centre, you were the top try scorer. The year before, Fuss had Peter Hicku as the centre and he was the top try scorer. How important is your yep. centre pairings for you as a player? Yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's it's pretty massive. Like people don't understand how big it is and how massive, how big of a effect it has on a, a winger's performance. And um, you know, people just look at um, centers as just a sort of um, yardage sort of carry and do the nitty gritty sort of work. But um, it, there's more to than what a center does. And I think. Um, it gets mislooked in terms of how they perform and how they um, they move. So um, it's good to it's good having Peter and just the silkiness and the class he he had to to you know draw and pass was and for me to go in the corner was was massive. Um, yeah, people don't really see it that way, but um, a simple the fundamental skill um, he had pretty much had it. Um, Packed, down packed. So yeah, you mentioned disappointing season last year, but I'm pretty buoyed about what what we're hearing from you out of the camp for this year. What was Ken Mamalo's projects for himself over the off season? Is there anything you've worked on particularly? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've I had a um, operation on my knee, so I had a, a meniscus issue last year, and um, you know, probably wasn't performing to the best. Um, so yeah, I got it. Um, looked after in the off season and don't have to worry about it clicking now and I can play a, a normal game not having to worry about it so um, for me it was just getting back to what I do best and um, yeah just get back to Kenny um, back in 2019 which was probably my best year and mm. so yeah can't wait 
Exciting time, yeah. Kenny. I know that all the players aren't across all of this, and we, none of us really want this CBA sort of th- situation to be in the news headlines. And your media guys are probably saying, "Don't talk, don't talk about it." But as a collective, as a playing group, do you just want to you just want to play footy? And like, we're all worried it's going to not going to happen. Um, are you worried? Yeah. yeah. Uh... Yeah, not not too worried. I, I think we've got a good good group of the um, the board working for the RPA. They they know what they're doing, and um, so they're really experienced in their field. So I, I don't want to sound cliche, but um, yeah, I'll just leave it up to them, and I'll just let them handle uh, what's ahead. And obviously, there's a lot of things that need to be ticked off for now in for it to be negotiated, and vice versa for the NRL. So. Um, I think if we can meet in the middle uh, sooner rather than later, um, we can get the, these games going round one. Yeah, I guess you're right there. You, you sort of nailed it there, Kim, when you said the RLPA, they're there for their reason. That's their job. You don't ask them to come and play on the wing for you if things aren't going quite yeah. right. You just yeah. you just have to step back and let them do their thing, eh? Yeah, yeah, hard out. Yeah, that's what they're here for, and they're here to um, look after the players, Um interest is all in players and um, what's best for them um, post and pre-Christmas uh, Christmas, uh, post-footy mm. yeah. so yeah and finally you, you, you're heading over to New Zealand tomorrow I think and you're playing the Warriors on Thursday is there, is there something you miss out on in Australia like a bakery item or a petrol station oh. item or something like that you're just making a beeline for <laughs> Oh, I'm making a beeline right for the bakery, man. Like the next day, so we land on uh, Wednesday. Next morning, Thursday, oh, I'm straight to the bakery. Busy oven near St Paul's. I'm I'm right there. I'm, I'm bringing a few of the boys here too. Um, big David Clemmer's keen for bakery pie too, so he's really looking forward to it. And then when I come back home, a few of the cookie times, oh, I have that packed on. The New Zealand boys are here, and they're like, "Oh, can you make sure you um, pack some cookie time for us?" So I'll definitely have that um, packed before I come back. <laughs> oh, mate, you're you're the best teammate. You're the best. Just looking <laughs> after the calorie intake of the lads. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to be a team player, you know. That's all right. So. Well, Kenny, it's been awesome to chat to you today. I remember I did an event with you many, many years ago. If you're a brand new warrior, you might have even been in the twenties, and we you won't remember it, but I remember it. Victoria Street TAB, and about four of you came in, and I tried to talk to you, and you were the shyest, humblest guy. And I've really enjoyed our <laughs> chat today. So I've loved your progress, Kenny. It's been awesome, and now your oh, knees oh, cleaned up as well. You're the complete human. Yeah, no, thanks for that. I really appreciate that. And yeah, obviously, uh, thanks for having me. And um, I really appreciate um, your guys' support and can't wait to get some footy back in New Zealand at that time. Good stuff, Kenny. Go well. Thanks for chatting. All right. Take care. Cheers, Bye-bye. mate. Ken Mamalo, absolute champion. Absolute champion. Straight to the bakery. Now, what did he call it? A busy oven. The busy oven the busy bakery. Oven bakery. Do you know where that is? He said buy St. Paul's. St. Paul's, I presume, the high school he went to. St. Paul's. Oh, it's in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. That's that's Sam Hewitt went to St Paul's. Oh, we'll have to get the yeah, we'll have to get the uh, the full rundown. In fact, uh, we might have to get down there. Hamilton listeners, 
Yeah. It's the busy oven next to St Paul's in Hamilton. I don't know bakeries in Hamilton. Just a text through. Uh, double eight, double three. Temper beer post busy oven text machine. <laughs> the cookie times as well. The cookie times. He's just got the brands, the label. David Clem is going to smash some bakery pies. <laughs> <laughs> I f- you forget about that stuff when you're a Kiwi, you know, moving over to New Zealand, all the stuff. You ca- you cannot find a decent pie in Australia. It's mm. not that far. You, would, you wouldn't have thought that it would be that hard. And you can't get meat pies in America. No. Oh, you probably can in pocket. I think there's a, a Kiwi set up a pie shop in New York, someone told me. But Steve Mintz of the Tuatara, as soon as he lands, staying a cheese pie, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, they love it. Busy oven, that's adorable. <laughs> someone has sent through. But is it in Hamilton? I need to know, is it in Hamilton or Auckland? Busy oven. It's crucial information. Because if we can drive there this afternoon, we will. Look. I'm not averse to doing something like that <laughs> to do a mercy run. Absolutely. Um, I'm just. I, I'm, I know we got to go to news, but I reckon someone from Hamilton's texting uh, the show right now, and oh, I've got 20 seconds before the news. I'll just see if it comes. I actually have got some more. Um, great to hear another vocal breakers supporter on SCNZ. Keep Finn on, Staffy. Courtesy of Logan Swinkles. <laughs> Hope your back's all right, champion. Uh, Staffy, the draft pick would be down the corridor from ECNZ as the new All Blacks coaches are interviewed in two weeks or so. All four of them, maybe six. Let me know. I'm not going to read your name out. I'll be here in two weeks when they're doing the interviews down the corridor. I will have my beady eyes on. We should actually get a little um, GoPro and live stream the corridor and people can tune in and just watch it. Watch the corridor for who walks down for an interview. Brilliant idea. But someone suggested that they do the interviews at Sky City so you can't see because you can park in the car park and get the lift up to the interview room. Put a camera in the lift. Camera in the lift. Events for me, Kentucky Derby, Black Caps versus Windies in the Caribbean, preferably when they're back to their 80s form. Cheers, Mark from Christchurch. Has anyone texting about, they haven't texted about the busy oven. So we'll take new sport and weather busy oven updates as we progress through the show. And at, uh, we've still got Jimmy Smith to come as well and more chat and uh, busy oven updates. New sport and weather, here's Johnny. Right, the, the busy oven is in Greylin, 170 Richmond Road. Jack Gong says, This place here is a neighbourhood favourite, and I can see why. I got myself a sausage roll, which costed $2.20. Cheap in terms of the other sausage rolls, the pastry was extremely light and crispy, and the filling had a nice onion bite. These might be the best, best sausage rolls in the area. Um, I've just clicked that I've, I've been to the busy oven bakery before. Have you? Yes, same. I've, I thought like you that they were talking about a different uh, St. Paul's. No, that busy oven, if you go there on your way into work in the morning, just school kids everywhere. <laughs> school kids crawling all over the place and they're all hassling each other for money so they can go into the busy oven. Now, I don't know whether I'm right or not. I don't know whether this photo's current, but they've, on the website I'm on, there's a photo of the pie warmer. Mince pie, $3.50. Chicken pie, three seventy. Steak, bacon, and cheese. You can't go past that. Four twenty. Kiwi breakfast pie. I'm thinking that's bacon, eggs, and a bit of tomato. Four twenty. Steak and cheese, three seventy. Mince and cheese, three seventy. I'm wondering if that's a current price list for the busy oven. And they look like good homemadey type things. And then the Zomato uh, website. 
doesn't have them anymore. So there you go, the busy oven. It's got to be pre-inflation, those prices, surely. Well, I just, I was trying to find a, um, I was trying to find a date on that. Uh, oh, hang on, what's this? Here's another photo. Oh, no, that's just a photo of the FPOS machine. That's a bit weird. You know what? I think I've been there too. I think I've been there. Yeah, I think I've been there. There's a photo of it outside the door. So there you go. Busy oven. Ken Marmalo swears by it. Yeah. First place he goes. I I, I love a pie. Uh, There's some pools in Greyland. There it is. Busy oven is Greyland, Auckland, 170 Richmond. There we go. Um, Some more of the, um, what did we call them? The, the golden tickets. Oh, no, the ones you want to go to. This is from Jeremy. I'll rate these. Rugby World Cup final. WrestleMania. Now, I'm in no way a watcher, supporter, or anything of that, but I feel you. I'd quite like to go to a live one at one of those arenas. Uh, US Masters Golf, yes. Super Bowl, yes. Daytona five. Daytona 500, Jeremy. You must be an aficionado rather than going Indianapolis, so that's cool. Um, LeBron James will get the record at home. He planned it by sitting on it the game before. The game before last. It's all about him getting the most attention he can. And he gets that by breaking the record at home in LA. So two games ago, they reckon he tanked a bit. And No, he he sat a game out. Oh, he sat out? Yeah. I was wondering why that was. That's why it was. The guy I was playing against in my fantasy league had LeBron James and was gutted that he sat a game for no particular reason, some groin soreness or something. I'm just wondering, you know, we're talking about spoiler party. Like, he averages 30, he needs 36. I mean, he'll just say to the boys, you've just got to feed me, feed me. Like Kobe scoring 60 in his last game. Yeah. What was that all about? Well, it's just going off. Yeah. There was there was even um, conspiracy theories that someone, Gordon Hayward, did a lane violation on Kobe's last free throw, so that if he had missed it, the ref could have blown his whistle and called it back, so he could have another crack at it. <laughs> I don't think anyone will be rushing back to watch that game again. Mm. Um, afternoon, staff. I'd love to go to the Alley Pally and watch Adrian Lewis play Mike Michael Smith in the final of the World Darts, and I'd love to see Scotland play England, last game of the Six Nations, and win to take out the championship. Cheers, Graham from Marlborough, formerly in Northland. That was a long time ago. Sorry, Graham. I've only just got to it. A lot of text messages here. Um, the TAB has Fury title fight for March against two. Here's the thing. I used to be the boxing bookmaker at the TAB, and you would always get phone calls saying, I want you to price up. Fury Joshua, for example, you just go, no, we need the dates. We know they go, I just want to bet on it. So I'd put them out and you'd say, you'd say, oh, the fight's in May or June, just just to stick a date on it because you have to put a date on it. And then people saying, Is, are they fighting in June? No, I'll just put the book there. And if they never fight, you just refund it and then open a new one and away you go again. So mythical, mythical bouts, I used to call them. They still do that or? I'm picking, um, I'm picking, I'm just going to see if I can find the the Fury one they're talking about. Um, well, isn't he fighting, hang on, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, what did he say, March? Tyson Fury, Alexander Osik, 12th of March. Really? That's not a fight that's been carded to happen. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, there's one. 31st of December. So they're just saying, if it happens this year, there's your prices. Mayweather, $1.14, Conor McGregor, 550. 
Um, other ones in the in the future, uh, Devin Haney, Vasil Lomachenko. I actually think that one is going ahead. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. There's an interesting story behind that. So the pioneer of women's boxing, Katie Taylor. Eddie Hearn, the promoter, says, no, we can't have it at this stadium because you have to fo- employ 500 more security staff at that venue, even though the crowds want it. Conor McGregor says, I'll sponsor the extra, extra security. That fight has to happen. And so he'll come up come up with a with a commercial thing for his 12, whatever it is, whiskey. And he'll be a big commercial partner of that Katie Taylor fight. You mark my words, Conor McGregor. He's no, he's no fool. All right, a break because we've got to hit an exact time to go and talk to Jimmy Smith across Australia, our SEN host. Got any questions for the Aussie man? Text them through, double eight double three, and we'll return with Jimmy Smith. Uh, the best I can tell <clears throat> is Fury and Usyk will fight, but there hasn't been a date set. And I've just read a disturbing story about Usyk and the conditions he's training in the Ukraine. It's horrific with the Russians there as well. Um, but all going well, we should be there with Jimmy Smith. Yeah, we are. Yes. We're there. Yeah, it's our man Staffy. Hello, Staffy. Gotcha. Gotcha, mate. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to? I've just had... Um, I've just finished about five minutes ago an interview with Ken Mamalo from West Tigers. Um, ah. He's over there, still in Australia, but flying to New Zealand tomorrow and playing the Warriors Thursday. And I was talking to him about how excited, like the coaching staff of West Tigers, like Hall of Famer, Tim Sheens, mm. Benji Marshall, Chris Hyington, Robbie Farah. That's strong. Yes. Um, Fanua Pole <laughs> is a built like a bodybuilder, apparently going to be amazing. But he sounded quite upbeat for a West Tiger. <laughs> oh, look, I, okay, okay. I don't, I don't know where do we start with this. But, um, um, okay, so look, I have, I guess, I have to <laughs> declare an interest here. I have a relationship through my friendship with Michael Maguire and through Scott Woodward, the analyst who used to work there at the West Tigers. So there's probably, uh, uh, I certainly haven't got a bitterness around him losing his job there, but I I do question Tim Sheen's coming back. So if you want to get the timeline on it, and and I can't speak for Ken and Ken's inside it and Ken knows a lot better than I do, right? Mm. So, but if you want to get the timeline on it, Tim Sheen's was appointed the general manager of footy and was asked to find a, a new coach for the West Tigers. And during the course of his search, he came up with him. Uh, and and that, that search happened over a 12-month period. And then after that point, uh, sorry, prior to that point, for the 10 years leading up to it, he was sacked by the West Tigers. He was sacked by the Salford City Reds. He was sacked by Widnes. And he was sacked by someone else over in the UK. Now, I'm not saying that Tim Sheens is not an all-time great of Australian coaching with four premierships, right? Mm. But that was a long time ago. The other thing about that coaching quartet that you mentioned, so Benji Marshall is a winner and he's hugely competitive, right? Yep. But he has coached zero. Yep. I, but I, I, I'm not underestimating Benji here because if anyone could do it, he could do it, right? But he's coached zero, and that's a really real concern too. Robbie Farah, again, is a guy with limited coaching experience. Um, they've bought really well. There's no doubt about that. It, it's it's going to be a, a fascinating year for the West Tigers. You know, I don't have them in my eight, but you know what? Good luck to Ken Mamala and the team. 
I have accidentally brought up a topic that's just a, I was expecting gravy and I got chocolate sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you like you got to. You, I'm not here to cheerlead for every team. No good. Yeah, so you just got to. You know, if I'm looking at the West Tigers and I'm looking at the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, um, I, I see the Bulldogs finishing ahead of the Tigers mm. in 2023. Mm. The one thing, and I pointed it out to Ken, I, in my previous job, and I don't know how long Ken's been in the league, I'm going to guess it's something like, I don't know, 10 years he's been playing rugby league, and he was in the 20s in the Warriors, and I went, yes. and, I went and did a little activation at a place in Auckland, and there was the um, there was the boss at the time, Wayne Scurra, someone like that, and then three of the Warriors and an under-20. And I did a bit of a Q&A at this business. Kim Mamalo would not say boo, nothing. <laughs> the shyest, quietest, very nice, but just would not say boo. In this interview just now, I said, what's the first thing you're going to do when the plane lands and you get to New Zealand? And he said, I'm going to the busy oven and buy a heap of pies and I'm taking Dave Klimmer with me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you yeah, wouldn't good. have got no, like, And it was a really good, entertaining, lighthearted chat. It was good. You know, he's he's a phenomenal player. Mm. Like, he, he's had all those injury concerns. I hope he's over those injury concerns. But, you know, he's, he came up, he was he was strapped up like Hondo Grattan. You know who Hondo Grattan is. I do, was I too. do. The same, yeah, he's yeah. strapped up like more strapping than far late. But you've gone Hondo Grattan. I like that. Yeah, so, but he's, he. but let's hope that's not the case this year. He is, a, he is an elite winger. He's had, uh, he told us he's had surgery, he had a meniscus problem, that's all been cleaned up, he's ready right. to go, and he said he feels like he's in 2019 form, so that, from his mouth. Fantastic. Hey, can I ask you this one, mate? All-Stars game over there in New Zealand, lots to get excited about. The Indigenous All-Stars team, they've had a bit of a distraction leading up to it with Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten, but you know Ronnie Griffiths and his team will get ready and they'll be, they'll be all set for that. Ben Gardner is a potential NRL coach in waiting. He's not Māori, though. Should someone of Māori background coach this Māori side? Look, for me, preferably, yes. Um, if he's not Māori, he will have what we call a kaumātua, which is like a Māori chief. Um, they'll get someone from the local area who will talk about the local area and get them all on board. Now, if he's a good coach... He will do that. He will bring people in, and and New Zealand rugby, uh, New Zealand Māori rugby league, that that will happen, and there'll be a real connection with the land and the people right. and all that. So, um, preferably a Māori coach, not essential because they will bring in bring in the the, the Māori elders and stuff to surround that team and provide that input uh, from that point of view. Okay, I think Adam Blair and Isaac Luke are in the coaching staff as well too. So you know, yeah. I, I sort of get it there, but I, I just thought it was interesting. of all the games. Yes. Like, I had a disagreement with uh, the analyst earlier, and he said, no, you get the best coach. Yeah. You get the best coach to do it. And I say, well, no, not for this game. Mm. Not in, in my opinion. Who's co- my who's opinion. coaching the Indigenous All-Stars team? A guy named Ronnie Griffiths. We've had a great relationship with Ronnie on this program. He's been a former assistant at the West Tigers. He's now the NRLW coach, uh, premiership winning coach at the Newcastle Knights. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of his, his mob. Um but yeah, um, indigenous coach, and he's almost been thrown into deep end, right? Yeah. Well, by the way, you've got this off-field scandal that your two probably highest-profile <laughs> players are going to have to deal with. So, go get them, Ronnie. <laughs> was it a beat-up? Was it exaggerated? I saw a story yesterday. It might have been exaggerated, but it was a bit of argy-bargy between a couple of mates, or is is it somewhere oh, in between? The truth. 
No, I think it's um, not a beat up, but hey, it's not. It's light hearted. It's maybe yeah. got a little bit more than that. Yeah. It's not serious. However, however, it's you know quarter to four in the morning in the middle of Canberra, and you're, yes, and you're yes, doing yes. that stuff. So all of that. I've been in to... Canberra at quarter to four in the morning once before. <laughs> I couldn't. But there was nobody around. Not even that... a, nothing. After Wait, a super, just... after a Super Rugby final. I was going to ask, just just out of interest, what were you doing in yeah, Canberra? Brumbies Crusaders Super Rugby Final Canberra, and I've always people say when they find a been, what's it like? And I say it's like a, a city that's been built for a million people, and there's only two hundred thousand live there. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Lots of space, big roundabouts. Yes, perfect trees. Round, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you you decide to build a city right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Which is what they did. It was a it was a compromise between where should the capital of Australia be, Sydney or Melbourne? Oh well, let's just go in the middle. Yeah, build it and they will come, but they didn't. Yeah, well the, the <laughs> government, the public, did. the public servants came. So yeah. that, yeah. that was it. Hey, Staffy, we've got to go. Same here. It's always the same time. We both have to leave. Same time. It's incredible, isn't it? Go have well, a great Jim. week, mate. See you, bud. Yeah. Jimmy Smith there out of Australia. Um, Gosh, accidentally stumbled onto an absolute golden conversation there from Jimmy Smith about West Tigers and obviously a friend of um, a friend of Madge. So there you go. Uh, we'll come back. We'll wrap it all up. Happened back in the day. And of course, it's February the seventh, and on this day in 1965, Muhammad Ali became Muhammad Ali from Cassius Clay. Elijah Muhammad gave him his name. In 1994, on this day. After leading the Chicago Bulls to three consecutive NBA championships, Michael Jordan surprised the world and said, I'm going to play for the White Sox, and that he did. In 1995, English Division II football club Leighton Orient terminated the contract of defender Terry Howard at halftime in a 1-0 loss to Blackpool. His performance was deemed unacceptable. It was clearly not acceptable. <coughs> Birthdays today, uh, Nigel Vangana, former Warrior. Uh, Katie Martin, former White Fern. Matt Stafford, my cousin. Um, wonderful quarterback. Hall of Famer. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Warriors Ford. It is his birthday today. Steve Nash as well. Popular day for birthdays. And RJ Hampton, former breaker, turns 22 today. And on this day in 89, the number one movie was Rain Man. And the number one song was this. Was this. Sticky buttons. We've got 30 seconds. Here she is. And that's our show. Big thanks to Finn for jumping in. Big thanks to Manaya as well. The run home's up next. I'm off to the busy oven.